Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Good nasty on a Wednesday. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter, 202. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Uh, Blues did not get it done last night. They what? killed their own momentum after winning the two straight games, or uh, back-to-back games. They fall to the Winnipeg Jets. Jamie, I'm going to say something that has, has often gotten me criticized because... I feel like every single time I say something like this, it's like, well, actually, they didn't play well in the... I thought they played well in the first 10 minutes of that game. I thought they dominated the first 10 minutes of that game. A couple of those shots go in, you're looking at a 2 nothing lead as opposed to a 2 nothing deficit. And they've had multiple opportunities in those 10 minutes where they did hem the Jets in their own zone, where I thought, hey, they're going to get a lead here. Instead, Winnipeg builds the lead. Mm. And the Blues were, unfortunately, playing catch-up. Now, they did score the Robert Thomas goal. Nice job there, Marsh. Thank you. Yeah, well Marsh, done. First, you. first on the board. First on the board for the Blues' first goal of the mm-hmm. uh, season, the game that we play. Nice job, Marsh. Thank you. Going with Robert the Thomas. Um, but it's just after after they fell behind 2-0, it didn't feel like the Blues ever got control of that game. But I did think that they played very well. Again, in the first eight to ten minutes of that game. Oh, I'd even argue I'd push back further than that. I'd say that they they played pretty well the whole first period. <clears throat> the the one power play goal against was kind of unlucky at that point. It was bad coverage, but you still managed to get a piece of the puck. Which one was that? that the was Letty? The Mark Mark Shifley. Okay. He um backdoor. Gotcha. Yeah. Top to bottom, back door. Thomas was there a fraction of a second too late. Still managed to get a stick on it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But Shifley was strong on the puck and put it in. So, I mean, even if you wanted to say they, they played better for 15 or 16 minutes of that period, I, you're not crazy. The first five minutes of the game, the Blues were on their toes or in the offensive zone. And what I liked about it, too, was Craig Berube started the Oscar Sundquist line. Mm-hmm. Very reminiscent of what he used to do with the identity lines is get them out there to kind of set the tone. And they did. I mean, the whole first period, the whole first shift that they played was in the offensive zone. And Pavel Buchnevich had a glorious opportunity as well. Wide open net on yes. a power play. And Dylan DeMello that was a great play. decides to be Keanu Reeves from the Matrix and find his way over there, gets a stick and his body on the puck and keeps it out of the net. And, you know, Bucci's still a snake bitten to say the least because he had a couple of other opportunities in the game as well. But yeah, that, that first period, honestly, you could have been ahead by a couple of goals 
We're at worst, you know, up by one heading into the second period. So I, I do agree. I think the start of that game was really good for the Blues. Do you think taking the penalty killed all that momentum, though, that they were that they were building in the first period? I felt that way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it always kills it when the other team scores, right? And it's, yeah. So, well, yeah, because you can look at it from two different ways. You get a penalty, and you can kill it, and you can even – you can continue that that momentum or and it's not like they went and killed like a 90 seconds of it and then they scored it was a quick quick goal yeah, that was uh, which is super deflating quick and effective there <laughs> i watched that power play go they who in the face off and it's like snap 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 yeah, i'm like oh boy look right it i mean if you're looking for a blueprint that exact sequence is what your power play should look like to where None of those passes was high risk. Mm-hmm. The, the only high risk pass was the actual pass that came across the crease for the, the goal to be scored. All the other ones were working around the coverage, but they were quick, fast, accurate passes, and it made the Blues move just enough. So when they got it down low, and that was automatic, Connor back door to Shifley, and end up in the back of your net. So yeah, that deflates you. As a team, when you're playing hard, you miss a couple of opportunities, you feel like you could or should be up in the game and then you're not and then all of a sudden you're behind in the game it's it's tough sometimes to regain some of that traction yeah now what happened with the Bennington goal uh, the Bennington uh play where he was behind the net and the the Jets wound up getting getting a goal there because I I feel like Bennington's catching some heat but is that just one of those plays that unfold and guys are kind of slightly out of position and just it's it's just kind of one of those bad luck yeah. Deals, or was that, or did somebody specifically make us make a mistake? Yeah, Bennington on that one. I mean, I'm just being honest. He he roamed a little bit in the second period and almost got bit uh, on one of the plays. He was out of the net as well. But look, this guy plays the puck as well as almost anybody in the NHL, and it's a huge advantage for your team. On that particular goal, what happened was Jordan Bennington actually, with his good hockey IQ, realized that the Jets had cycled the puck down to nobody. And so he tried to jump on the puck behind the net. And all he was going to do is pass it back to Krug really fast. And then Krug was all by himself because there's nobody in that corner. And he would have been able to probably, most likely, get his own exit out of this. But he didn't see where Mark Mark Shifley was. And Justin Falk probably didn't communicate at the same time to stay in your net. And so he ends up going out there. And if you watch the play, he's got his back to Mark Shifley right up until the point where Shifley like, makes contact with him. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're not Justin Falk. You're you're wearing the wrong jersey. And so, not only does it trip up Bennington a little bit, like to get back into his net, the puck bounces to the perfect spot, and Shifley just taps it over, and Connor puts it in the open net. Mm -hmm. So, it's, it's, it's Jordan Bennington's fault because, you know, whenever you leave the crease as a goalie, you better be darn sure you can make the play. Yeah. And as a coach, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, As a former defenseman, I don't mind my goalie Roman a little bit. I don't mind him getting because he's saving my ass a lot of times too. Because you got a guy that's bearing down on you on the yeah. forecheck, ready to put your eyeballs through the glass, but you got a goalie that can get out, stop the puck, and pass it to you and avoid that. Yeah, I'll take that every day. I, I remember, and maybe it was just every playoff series, but I remember one specifically. I can't remember who the the opponent was, but you would highlighted that consistently the way that Bennington was playing the puck. It may have been the. What was the series? Was it the Minnesota series where he replaced? Yeah. It was when he came in for Ville Husso. Yes. And Minnesota's whole strategy, because they had a big, heavy forward group, 
Well, and especially when they had, uh, was it Greenberg? Or no, what was it? Greenway. Greenway, yeah. Greenway. Chad Greenway, linebacker. Felino. No. No. Um, they had some guys that were, the whole purpose was to get the puck in deep and get mm-hmm. it on the forecheck. Mm-hmm. Well, Jordan Bennington ended that. Jordan Bennington was so in their head that they're trying to find ways to dump the puck into where he couldn't play it. Right. And that actually carried over to the Avalanche series, where the Avalanche started to try and avoid Jordan Bennington because he was handling the puck so well and he was making like tape to tape pass, <laughs> right. breakout passes. Right. So yeah, that that can get in a team's head. Listen, that's one one mess up for your goaltender on that one there. He knows it. He knew it as soon as it happened. Uh, but one thing that I can always tell you about Jordan Bennington is I don't think he's ever made a mistake out of the fact that he doesn't care or he's not trying. Mm-hmm. And that moment there, he's still trying to get the puck, get it to his defenseman, get up to it. He knows how important it is the possession time is. They're trying to get themselves back in this game. So th- th- that's one where you're kind of like, yeah, every now and then you get a crap sandwich. You might as well just take a bite and get it over with. Right. We have an interesting question from the 573. Do the Blues have different mentalities among their lines? I feel like the fourth line plays a North style offense with hard forward checking and exactly like the coaches want, but the other lines are a mix between a rush style and an offensive zone control play. Do we have two different styles of play going on with this current Blues identity? Well, it's more like two different styles of player. So the guys are on your fourth line. It's not that they're not skilled. They're very skilled hockey players, but that's not what has got them to the NHL as far as to stay here as a regular guy. You look at them, and they're straight-line players that, that bang, that get the puck in deep, they cycle the puck, they do the dirty work. They're the plumbers of the group. Now, Jake Neighbors, he will he will be higher up in, in the pecking order at some point. He's a really talented player as well, but he recognizes that that's their primary role right now is to do that. You can't get that out of every line. Like Even some Blues fans who want to go back to the 2019 Stanley Cup win, like Ryan O'Reilly wasn't that guy. David Perron wasn't that guy. Vladimir Tarasenko wasn't that guy. You had a lot of players on your team that weren't just that straightforward, you know, dump it in and hit mentality. And that's not necessarily how the Blues want to play this way either. And this, honestly, it's been the misconception since Craig Berube's taken over that that's the, what he wants is just a bunch of robots that run into everything and dump the puck in. I mean, it couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah, Craig, Craig Berube just wants his team to possess the puck. That's it. Mm-hmm. And if that means getting in on the forecheck and making body contact or playing hard in the corners or competing, which he uses that word a lot, that's all it means yeah. to possess the puck. And you can be as skilled as you want to be. You can have Robert Thomas and Jordan Kyra skate around for six minutes straight in the offensive zone possessing the puck. But it's when they all kind of get off the same page and you got one guy who's decided to make passes through the middle of the ice or drop passes and the other two guys aren't on the same page. And that kind of happened in the second period to where as a team – they weren't, you know, the, the word of the year so far is connected. As a team, they weren't connected mm. out there. So there was very little play in the offensive zone, uh, choppy, sloppy play in the neutral zone, and then unfortunately a lot of play in the defensive zone because Winnipeg had the lion's share of it. That's Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. We got Blues and Coyotes pregame at 6 o'clock tomorrow night so the blues will be back in action tomorrow night we also have chief joining us at 4:45. our weekly chat with craig berube we'll talk to him about some of the uh the game last night but also look back and to see what he's seeing in the first 11 games thus far for his team as uh, as i was driving in and jamie i think you heard this too brandon kiley said something about yamamoto that also applied to nolan arnado that 
wanted to introduce to you guys. It's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So we had the conversation yesterday about whether or not you have to trade some of these current players that are on your Cardinals roster in order to acquire the pitching that you need. You don't have to trade anybody. You don't have to get rid of anybody. You can keep your offense intact. You can keep the bench intact and go out and sign three pitchers and and be done with it. But driving in today, I was listening to BK and Ferrario, and Jamie, I think you heard this clip as well. I heard BK say say something that I'm like, well, this is an interesting scenario. Here's BK on BK and Ferrario talking about the price for signing Yamamoto and what it could cost the Cardinals in terms of a trade and who could go out the door. Do you want that number one starter? Every single decision from there does. Because if you want that number one starter, guys, I'm starting to think if it becomes Yamamoto that they want as their number one starter, that is the only move they can make. Because he is almost certainly going to get 30 plus million dollars per year. And you have to pay the posting fee. And if we know anything about this Cardinals team based on the way that they account for things, and I think this is the case around Major League Baseball, but it's certainly we know it is for the Cardinals. That posting fee, that will be what, $20 million? It will be something they account for this year. And if they are telling everybody, hey, we've got 40 to $50 million to spend. Let's do some quick math. I think we're all capable of this. $30 million on the salary for Yamamoto, $20 million for the posting fee for Yamamoto, that's $50 million. There's your signing uh, allotment for this offseason. You can do nothing else. If you end up doing that, I think it requires you to trade Nolan Arenado. All right. So I don't know if it requires. That. I don't think I don't know if it requires. I, I understand what BK is saying though, but B, BK well, is saying dollar in, dollar out. Right, he's saying to himself, okay, if you want to sign somebody else and not just have it be Yamamoto and that's it, then you're you're going to have to free up some salary. There's an interesting discussion there from like a broad perspective, but here are my thoughts directly off of what he said. The only way this works is if you trade him to a team that he views in higher regard right now than the Cardinals, such as the Dodgers. He's from that area, Mm -hmm. grew up a Dodgers fan. If you trade him to the Dodgers and then get pitching in return, you're you're saving money that way, not only with Arnato's salary, but let's say you get like cost control pitchers back. The reason why I say it needs to be a team that Arenado views as in higher regard is something that Marsh brought up to us in the office, which is that if you acquire, if you sign Yamamoto, that's going to fire Arenado up. Why would he want to bolt if if you're making aggressive moves like that? Well, yeah, he's the guy. I mean, he's one of the guys that went over to Japan with Newt Bar right. to essentially quote unquote recruit this guy right so why well, would you, you know, trade him away he's got a job to do i'd say look nolan i'm sorry about that we appreciate the work you've done for the cardinals <laughs> but you're out of here hey learning lesson for you yeah. right 
Good luck. There's no guarantees in life, Nolan. No. Thank you very much for Yamamoto. Now pack your bags. Mm-hmm. So that's one way to look at it. <laughs> the other more general way to look at it. Why is that so believable? <laughs> Marsh, you should have heard Marsh in the office say. Marsh I was mad. Marsh was in lie. one of his like Cardinal fan rant modes mm. that I absolutely love. I've cooled down a little bit. Since, but it, we could dial it back up here. I hope so. I hope we see it. When Marsh is emotional and he, he's he's viewing things as, as purely a Cardinals fan and not just kind of an objective sports fan, he's great. The other the other kind of casual or general comment here or question would be: All right, if it took you get, if it took you trading your your stud third baseman to get an ace, would you do it? Okay, wait a minute. Getting rid of Arenado? Yeah. If that's the only I, way I you're going like to get an ace. I feel like it kind of defeats the purpose, though. It does, to some degree. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like, yes, you've solved your problems in one area. Yeah, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. Yeah, it's like being in the boat that has a hole in the front and a hole in the back, and you plug one hole and leave the other one empty. That Oh, you think you're going to go plug the hole again, so you take the, the cork out of the one hole and plug it, and but the boat right. keeps mm-hmm. leaking. The only thing, though... If I'm going to play devil's advocate no, on this, do, Anthony. is that that? How do I use your same analogy here? Just, you can use the same one. Just make it your own. You can have. A, you could still have a cork in the one. Uh-huh. You're also though. You can. You still have something else to fix. The 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 other leak. Uh-huh. Right. If you don't, Gavin, if like you don't have an ace. scotch tape or something. Well, it like maybe, maybe work, some of that. kind of won't. That flex seal. Oh, yeah. That's oh, great. They made a whole boat bad. with that stuff. Yeah, that's better than the cork, Anthony. If you're going to swing low, don't use flex seal. Okay. Duct tape then. Let's, ju- oh, let's just do that. Duct tape's too good, yeah. too. I think it's too I don't good. think so. It's gorilla tape. No, that's even better. <laughs> I'd go with scotch tape. Three, yeah. What I'm saying is. Piece of bubble gum. If you have, if you have an ace. <laughs> If you have an ace, you're closer, in my opinion, you're closer to actually competing than if, yeah, you have Arnado. You had Arnado last year. You don't have, if you're not pitching, again, you don't have anything. It's kind of like, hey, that that wide, you got the best wide receiver in the game. Nice job. You also have Desmond Ritter as your QB. <laughs> so what what do we learn though you know what from I mean? what do we learn from the World Series though? You can have great pitching. Zach Allen, I thought he tossed a really, really good game in, in the World Series. Oh, that was a beautiful game. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, his team couldn't score. But they did before that, though. But why couldn't they score? Because of the other pitching. There you go. They did before. Arizona That's got fair. there. You're right. They got there with their pitching, but they also got there because they hit home runs. Yeah, they, they just the ran, crap out of the ball. They just ran into a team that pitched better and hit more home runs. So we're going to get rid of a guy that, hit, that hits home runs? To, okay, but you can't leave the second half out of it, though. You're going to get an ace. But here's the thing. What ace are you getting Why for? do we need Yamamoto. to do any of that? Why can't they just go get the guy? Because you're not the Phillies. Grow up. You okay? don't have to be the you, Phillies. You're the Cardinals, and you're going to be prudent about it, and you're also going to make sure that you synthesize all the data. Okay? Mm. Just that, this is the deal. You know it as a Cardinals fan. I would venture to say that I'd be less inclined and motivated to trade Nolan Arenado, and I would be more motivated to trade Paul Goldschmidt in this in this scenario. In this scenario, no, Anthony, stop it! You got mad at me for months because I, I had to try. Why do we have to trade anybody? Well, you don't have to trade anybody, Marsh. But, here's but the thing, you're probably not going to get an ace. The Cardinals aren't going to go money in 
at the price tag that Yamamoto's at and no money out. To BK's point. Do you know what I'm saying? That's taking on quite a bit of payroll, and then it might limit you to just one pitcher. Do you want to win? Yes. Then pay more money. Okay. Based on that comment, can I read you a quote really quick? Please. Mm -hmm. And this might bleed into the next segment. I don't know. I'll let you decide, okay? Let's bleed all over this John Denton Mm. on his Twitter page, uh, quoting Scott Boris on the NL Central teams. He says, when you're in the NL Central, there's been a lot of focus on winning the division. Oh, sorry, hang on, wrong quote. Scott Boris on NL Central teams. Uh, He says he was very critical of NL Central teams for not fully investing in free agents to enhance their title hopes. Boris says, quote, in the game you have to say, do I want to win my division or do I want to win a World Series? My gosh. He's not wrong. No. He speaks for all of us. So that's what he's saying right now about the NL Central over the last little while is that they're not, those teams are not investing in free agents. He's, he's 100% right. So back to your our Outside initial of discussion yeah. of the money in, money out. It's a, it's a mentality or a requirement right now for this team. Well, that's what I'm saying. Why does the money out necessarily have to be a thing? I mean, look, look, look. The it Cubs, doesn't have the to. The Cubs have, they have not gotten anybody for the, the offseason, but they may have... Just slapped it right on right on everybody's doorstep. Mm-hmm. We are going to be competitive this offseason with the hiring of Craig Council. That that to me is a team that is they saw what they could do last year and they said, Okay, we're we're gonna be even better this year. We're gonna we're we're gonna put the sledgehammer down and we're gonna try and win we're gonna try and win not only this division, yeah, but we're gonna try and win the pennant and win the World Series. All right, so I have a I have a, a rebuttal of that. That's fine. Let's talk about that next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So we were just talking about the Yamamoto conversation. Really, it's not just it's not just Yamamoto. So Marsh, your your stance was, and it's it's one that I'm sure is is held by many uh, by the by Cardinals fans, held by many Cardinals fans. In that, why do you have to why do you have to trade Nolan Arenado to get an ace? Y- you don't have to, but I think here's what happens. So to to BK's point about 
the posting fee for Yamamoto plus the 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 salary. So let's say the salary is thirty mil, posting fee is twenty mil. You're looking at fifty mil in the first season. Now after that, it's only quote unquote thirty mil, but it's going to be a lot, a lot of change that for for that first that first year. Most of that would go to Yamamoto. Most of your your budget will go to Yamamoto. So you're going to get an ace. Yes. And you're going to hang on to Arenado. Yes. What I'm saying is. Then what for the rotation? You got yeah. You got to take that budget and increase it. <laughs> okay. There are so many Cardinal fans, not only in this town, but in this region. Thanks. Uh-huh. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. They're all around you. Mm-hmm. Yes. What I'm saying is they show up to the ballpark. I know. Like, record number amount of people. Mm -hmm. And you're telling me we can't increase the budget. Oh, you can. And I would love to see it. Uh, But, Jamie, do you want to handle this one? Or do you want me to? Um, I get it. It's a business. No, no, no. I wasn't even going to do the business thing. I I don't know where you're headed. Go ahead. Yeah. The Cardinals aren't going to do that. Oh, that's the one. Yeah. So what you're saying, I understand. Uh, What you're saying is right. Listen, I'm with you. Okay, well then, then you know what? They're gonna, they're not gonna win. They won't win the division. No, but they'll make money. They certainly won't win the World Series. (laughs) Yeah, they'll keep money in their wallet. I'm with you 100. percent You could increase. This is the question. This is the question I asked yesterday, right? So when we were talking about Mo's comments from a couple of days, it was. There's a, to Derek Gould's point, there's a difference between budget and payroll. Mm-hmm. Budget is what you set for the year. Payroll is what you actually spend. They've got wiggle room. The question I had was, if you spend up to your budget, will you increase your budget if there's more opportunities for you to add to your roster? That is where you're at. I'm all for it. I would love to see it. Mm-hmm. I've been here in St. Louis now doing radio for 11 years. I just haven't seen it from this team. It's not going to happen, guys. Sorry. 11 years. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, Cardinals, but it ain't happening. Yeah. And that's basically all Moe's tenure yeah. is in those 11 years. I have not seen it. And it's not it's not Moe. It's 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 the DeWitts setting the budget for Moe. So I'm with you. Add Yamamoto, keep keep Arenado, and then also add and, and, and increase your, your budget. But it, I, I get the track record. I understand it. And honestly, you're probably right. I'm just upset. Oh. But they haven't had a season like this since RL Chalk was playing this year. <laughs> so they need to do something different. I'm, I'm with you. So but I think the Cardinals believe they can get back to um, you know division dominance. Um, I'm sick of the division! <laughs> Without having to do all that. I love how you could barely get that out before laughing. Poor Marsh. I'm tired of this. It's one of our YouTube chatters said, I can't wait to buy my Rich Hill jersey. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hold on. Three, two, one, six, one, hate. I'm glad this is funny to you guys. Yeah. Oh, he, he's been active already. He was mad at the Blues earlier. It should be. They lost. They lost. I know. Can't be, you, you can't be losing games. He actually said on the heels of you saying that they had a good first period. They still lost. <laughs> I know. But they did. <laughs> Both things can be true. Six one great. Uh, Both things can be good. They could have a they could have a good first period and still lose a the game. They get a bad first period and win the game. <laughs> what do we th- change what my, do we th- my opinion on it? What do we think they actually do? 
What do you think they actually do? Let's let's throw out all the. What are they? What are they going to do? Great question. I think they're going to sign Michael Walker and and two other Michael Walker types. That's what I do. That's That's not fine. You know. You know why I think. (laughs) (laughs) You know why I think that. You know what? The the one word that that Mo used the other day that leads me to believe that they're going to sign three Michael Walkers. Was it? Was it synthesized? Prudent. Mm. (laughs) I don't even know what that means. They're gonna careful. be prudent be with their careful. with their with their spending. <sighs> that is how you get to three Michael Walker types. Now one Michael Walker is fine, depending fine on what Michael you do. Walker. Yeah, so am I. Depending on what you do if with you the have other Sonny two. Sonny Gray with them, sure. But they're uh, that's that's what I think they're going to do. Actually, I think they're going to sign two eh, starters and then throw the last one to to an internal options. Well, yeah. Apparently, they they like what they saw last year from Zach Thompson and yeah, Zach and Thompson, Matthew the guy they wouldn't let pitch past the fourth inning. Right. Oh, I really liked what he did. You have a starter, like you got a like a, a an opener. You don't even have a a, a starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. Did he go five innings? I'm sure he did. At some I think point. he did once. Yeah. But you get my point. I get your point. It's well. It's still well made. Yeah. Four innings and it was done. No matter how he was pitching, he was out of the game. That's correct. That's your option. Mm-hmm. What about Tyler Glass now? I'd be good with Tyler Glass now. Marshy, how do you always, feel about he's it? He's always injured. <laughs> yeah. That's why you got to sign a couple of those guys. That's why you got those internal options. This is... <laughs> you wouldn't be mad with Tyler Glass now. No. Maybe in 2019. I think 2020. I think I think all of everything is going to come down to how what the rotation looks like. In spring training, I think you're gonna we're gonna judge this by by the whole, right? So you look at spring training, and at that point, if it's Michaelis, Glass, now, Walker, Matts, and Zach Thompson, people gonna be people gonna be pissed, and so rightfully so. That again, like Glass, now, okay. Michaelis, yeah. Walker, Matts, and Zach Thompson. It's not terrible. It ain't great. But if one of them sucks or gets injured, mm-hmm. you're really in trouble. Which is exactly what has happened the last two years. Bingo. Yeah. So, but this is what I, this is why I said it's not that bad. It's because this is what we said last year. Right. And, and, uh, yeah, you know what? Wayno does what Wayno does, bounces back. Mike we talked was, ourselves in. We did. 100%. Like and a Mo, bunch of fools. And Mo listened. You were right. He says, ah, we're good on paper. We're fine. I'm going to sit back here and buy another coat sweater and just stare down my nose at the fan base. Mm-hmm. And then there was injuries. And then the World Baseball Classic apparently made everybody forget how to play baseball. Well, no, just the Cardinals players. You're right. It did only affect the Cardinals <laughs> players. Yeah. I don't know what they did to them, but... Uh, Something, though. Hmm. They all came back and couldn't pitch, couldn't, couldn't catch, couldn't nope. do it like nothing. Well, what, what has changed since last month? Nothing. What happened to, we need three pitchers, and we're going to be... Let's be somewhat aggressive. You know and- what's changed, Marshy? Uh, they had internal meetings, and John Mozeliak was given the budget. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, okay, we went from three to two in a hurry, guys. Could you imagine? Like, <laughs> here's your budget, Mo. You're going to like this. <laughs> Mo gets it. He's like, son of a... <laughs> kept really? Me, kept me the bourbon, honey. Yeah. <laughs> really? This is the... Really? So if that is the case... Well, then shouldn't we direct our, our frustration somewhere else then, not at Mo? Yes. We've been saying that for a year mm-hmm. and a half now. 
But what? Mo is the guy that's on the front line, so he's getting it. Well, right? He he needs to stop using big words. I don't think he knows how to talk without using those big words. This is why like, we... I feel like his drive-through order too is like very complicated. Sure. You know, I really like to get the uh, the not the conventional um, economic size fry. I'd mm-hmm. like to get the uh, larger portion <laughs> fry, please. Net, Would net. you like the large fry, sir? Net, no. net, I believe that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I believe that's what I said. <laughs> I'd like the fried potato. <laughs> I'd like those uh, potatoes that you guys cut up into little skinny things. Right. Fry them. French fry, sir. I believe that's what I just described. <laughs> what did you just say? French fry? Oh, yeah. What'd you say? What'd you think? Well, I said? You combine French fry and synthesize. French. <laughs> Can you synthesize by French fries? Fries. Yeah. All right. It's a fast uh, line on 101 ESPN. Yikes! Uh, did the Blues shoot themselves in the foot in that first period? What? No, that's... they shot it off a stick. Stayed out. <laughs> <laughs> More of those thoughts next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Shot door. It went underneath Bennington, came right back out after it went in, and the Jets score a power play goal 23 seconds in. How many times do we see that scenario bite a team? Oh, bit him last night, Curbs, that's for sure. It's Ooh. Fastlane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Soldier. By the way, thanks for the text messages into the Air Comfort Service text line at 314-399-9646. Uh, there are some gems. Marsh, Marsh read a couple in the break including one that said, you know, I wasn't, and I'm paraphrasing here, I wasn't uh, wasn't all that ticked off of, at the Cardinals, but as soon as I saw how upset that sweet, unassuming Marshy got upset there, now I'm ticked off too. I can feel that. I always get a little extra angry when our guy Marshy gets upset. Yeah. You know? It's like right. our son gets all upset. You don't like to see your kids upset like that, so you want to you make sure you solve all their problems. Sure problem is we can't solve these ones right so you no. feel kind of helpless it makes me makes me sad for andrew he's uh mm. well he's our younger brother mm. and um we can't go to the How school old are you, 27 he could be my son <laughs> <laughs> not that old yeah. no but oh, yeah. that, that doesn't mean anything yeah well, well you did. have two sons that are early 20s yeah exactly and i have a daughter that's 24 oh i forgot about carson Anyways, he's like our younger brother. Sure. You know? I'm and just when Marsh is upset, we're all upset. I'm just mad the Blues lost, Anthony. I know, I'm mad. I saw him play this weekend. They put together what I thought was a good full 60 of play. And then you gotta, and then they get they they bite they bite their own kneecap off in the first period. Dan Campbell style. Yeah. 15, 15 minutes though. You got a good fifteen minutes last night out of them. Yeah. Solid. Some would say that's a real big victory, Anthony. Mm-hmm. Not me though. No. You gotta win the you gotta win the actual game as well. Mm. Gotta go the full sixty. In all seriousness, mm. they did they did bite themselves in the first first period. <laughs> Great stamina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know if the blues have that right now. They're not consistent enough. No. They were consistent in those two games yeah, last and weekend. 
look, this is a team that this is going to happen this year. You're going to win one, lose one, win two, lose one. It's it's a 500-ish team, and the only way you make the playoffs is if you have a couple of runs you can put together. Yeah. And that's what it is, man. And it's what it's what the division is right now, to be honest. Uh, apart from the Stars and the Avalanche, who still aren't, you know, they're not leaps and bounds ahead of the Blues or the Winnipeg Jets, for that matter. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, you know, you try to string together as many games as you can as a team. Last night, the first period was, the start of the first period was a great sample of what the Blues can continue to do. It was a, it was a carryover from the two games on the weekend. And then the one thing that, one thing I'm concerned about is that when the Blues do get behind, they don't have, they haven't yet had the firepower to pull out of that hole. The 49ers. Maybe. <clears throat> Got to play with the lead. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think that if I'm coaching staff, I'm a little uh, little concerned just about that because it's it's inevitable that you're not going to score the first goal every night. So if my team doesn't score the first goal, are we screwed? And that's kind of the way it's been. Okay, so how do you start? I, I don't know how they start any faster than they did last night. No. They, it, it, they they need they need one of those. They had two opportunities, two main scoring opportunities last night. One was the Buchnevich play where the dude just made a, a remarkable save. What's that guy's name? Dylan Demello. Demello made just a remarkable save. So, yep. not much you can do on that. And then there was another opportunity too. I think off a rebound. I forgot who had it, but. Uh, Nick Letty fired one in the second period that was blocked by Nemestikov. Okay, but I thought there was another opportunity in the first. Regardless, there was a post that could hit in the first period. Okay, there maybe that maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Either way, you you get a lead there, mm-hmm. even if it's even if it's one nothing, you created those opportunities for yourself. So it's not as if the Blues started slow, and we need to have a conversation about how do you start faster. Yeah, they started fast last night. They just couldn't capitalize on the opportunities that they, they did have. But they also couldn't climb out of the hole. No. So that's the problem. That's the thing I don't like, is that you don't have a come-from-behind victory yet this year. So you so that, that to me, goes back to the offensive fire, firepower or lack thereof. Lack thereof. It, yeah, <clears throat> exactly. And so that's concerning to me. If I'm the coaching staff and I'm looking at the analytics and just simplifying it right down to the screws, I'm going... Every time we score first, we give ourselves a chance to win. When we don't score first, we're done. Why is that? And then why are there periods like the second period last night? Last year, you'd have multiple periods, sometimes the entire game, that looked like the second period last night. So as a group, it's been better, been more consistent Mm -hmm. as far as the effort and the compete is concerned. But at the same time, you can't have those periods. You just can't, and especially if you're already down by a goal or two, like that just it just absolutely sucks the life out of your team, because then you're heading into the third third period and you're thinking, well, heck, we couldn't put anything together in the second period, and now we're squeezing our sticks a little bit, and then every little thing that happens, it's like adding even more stress to the situation. I just think this team, you know, for whatever reason, hasn't been able to do that yet. It's still early. There's still a lot of season left, but. Still kind of concerning that you haven't been able to pull out of the hole like once. Yeah. 
Do you think this team is, like you said, talking about like them being stressed out? Like, Do you think because they did not make the playoffs last year, they're adding more pressure onto themselves to be a playoff team and be a team that's not in a rebuild but in a retool? Absolutely. Every guy that was on that team last year wants to fix last year right now. And they're talking, they, they say the right things. Mm-hmm. Last year's last year. It's in the past. But no matter how mentally strong you are, if you're a leader or an impact player on that roster, you're thinking, man, we couldn't get it done last year. Like, we have to bounce back this year. We can't do that again. That was mm-hmm. embarrassing. And so it does start to carry a certain amount of stress amongst, I'll call it the impact players, because those are the guys that put the most stress on themselves anyways. So, I, look, it's Early in the season still, but at 20 games or 25 games, if we haven't seen something that looks a little different, then basically that's what you're going to have this year. That's that's your team. Right, because what it, I was thinking that. So if you're <clears throat> if you're Craig Ruby and this coaching staff, you can only you can only work with the pieces that are provided to you. So if you don't have explosiveness offensively. Yeah. You you can do some things certainly throughout the course of of a shift to generate more scoring opportunities, but now we're just talking about basic principles of the game. You don't have a Connor McDavid, you don't have a Nathan McKinnon. You do have Jordan Cairo, you do have Robert Thomas, and we're going to talk about Thomas playing with more confidence. But those guys aren't on the same level. We know we knew this going in. Yeah. So if you're the coaching staff, it's going to be more difficult, I think, moving forward to say, well, we can tweak certain things to get to get the offense going. You're right. That that's this is what it is at this point. I don't know what you what you tweak or change to generate more scoring for yourself. Well, you just have to bear down. <clears throat> it's not often that Pavel Buchnevich misses open nets. Uh, it's not often that Jordan Cairo is snake bitten like he was to start the season. Braden Shen didn't get on the score sheet until the what the Montreal game. So some of these things are a little abnormal for your group, and it's added stress to your team offensively. Mm. The you know the only thing I can think of when you talk about adding to your roster, you really can't. I mean, you have no cap space and nobody's necessarily lining up to trade right now. But there are a couple of teams that I would keep my eye on is Calgary and Edmonton. There's a tremendous amount of pressure on both of those teams to win this year. Now, mo- way more pressure on the Edmonton Oilers, and they're terrible. And I, I don't wish this upon anybody, but I feel like there's a coach that's going to be fired soon. Mm. They already put their number one goalie on waivers and waived him. So basically anybody can pick him up for free, and they just have to pay him. He won't be picked up because he's making $5 million a year, and he hasn't mm. been good. Mm. So if you're looking at rosters that you'd – possibly be able to do business with those are rosters that you could maybe work a deal with the problem is is that the money you'd be wanting to take back let's say it's an impact player that you're wanting to acquire like jonathan huberdo who didn't play in the <clears throat> yeah he's a little too pricey unfortunately he's right. too much but if you're looking at a noah hannafin on defense or somebody like that it's going to be the cardinals issue Money in means money out, mm. and all the money that you can send out has no trade clauses. And if I'm a St. Louis Blues player, why am I lining up to go play in Edmonton or Calgary right, right. now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's tough. It's tough. Not great. No. So they to turn it around. they got to capitalize on the opportunities that they get, and it's evident that this year's team has to put together 60-minute efforts or they'll fall short. Yes. 
Very true. All right, it's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. If you're a Cardinals fan, uh, well, let me rephrase this here. Jamie, Marsh, do you feel as though that odds makers know what they're doing? It depends set, if it setting. fits my narrative or not. It de- <laughs> I, I, I think they do. But yes or no would have done okay, just fine. fine. If I'm ever uh, partaking, yes. they seem to be spot on. Okay. They always make me question my own decisions when I see their numbers. Yes. Well, if you're a Cardinals fan, you're going to like the numbers. Next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. If you're Cardinals, uh, if you're a Cardinals fan, and you're looking for an ace. You're gonna like these these betting odds that were released by Bet Online. The only reason I'm using Bet Online, guys, is that uh, they're offshore. Far guys at FanDuel had them. Obviously, I'd be using FanDuel right now. What does offshore mean, Anthony? Like they have boats in the water? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. They're um, like international waters where anything goes. That's correct. Yeah. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, FanDuel. So many questions. FanDuel boots on the ground. Yeah. On in uh, Illinois. Not these guys. Okay. They're boots on the ground elsewhere. Parts unknown. Anyways, bet online. Aaron Nola next team, if not the Phillies. Okay, so there is a little little caveat. Of course. Aaron Nola next team, if not the Phillies. San Francisco Giants plus three hundred. Texas Rangers. World Series champion, plus 600. Oh, boy. The Milwaukee Brewers, which doesn't make a lot of sense considering they don't spend on anything, plus 700. Boston Red Sox, plus 800. Astros, same odds. Braves, Mets, plus 900. Yankees, plus 1,200. Guardians, plus 1,600. And your St. Louis Cardinals are the favorites at plus 200. What? They've got the best odds, according to Bet Online, to sign Aaron Nola if he does not go back to the Phillies. Plus based on what though? Like, what do they base that on? A lot of stuff. They synthesize the numbers. Oh, they did. Mm. Okay. And uh, that's oh. what they get. No, it's it's in it's it doesn't mean anything, but it is interesting that at at least one offshore book has the Cardinals as the top team to land Aaron Nola, and those odds. I mean, plus two hundred. You're not getting if you're a better. You're not, you're not even looking at the Cardinals. You're like that's that, there's no value there. That's that. What that means is, you know, two. To, it's they're two to one. That's it. It's good odds if you're the Cardinals of landing yeah, Aaron, just, Aaron Nola. I just have questions. I'm like, based on what? Like when you see a team play and you have the players and you have the breakdown and the wind and the temperature and the stadium. Like you have all these elements that get into your odds. What are they basing this off of? Like some guy Need. woke up and said, "Oh, hey, I read a thing from John Denton says Aaron Nola is going to be a Cardinal." Well, I would say based on these teams, the Cardinals, Giants, Red Sox, Astros, Braves, Mets, Yankees, Guardians, all those teams need pitching. So it's not really like an exact science. They're just looking at it and go, well, all these teams need it, and the Cardinals need it the most. Okay, but here's the thing, though. The Yankees desperately need pitching to pair with Garrett Cole, and they can spend the money. They're plus 1,200. To the Cardinals plus two hundred. I wonder if uh, there's like 
a formula, a Google formula. You know, you look up Aaron Nola Cardinals and you see how many times Cardinal fans, uh, the media has mentioned his name, how many times that people in the front office have alluded to it, you mm-hmm. know, and then you compare that to other teams around. I have no idea if other teams are. In, I Honestly, I haven't heard anybody that's in, interested in Aaron Nola other than the Cardinals and the Phillies. I don't know about you guys, but obviously I'm not plugged in on in other cities. Yeah. But I, mean, I haven't I'm sure seen anything. I haven't on Twitter. heard. I'm, I've heard the Giants. I've heard no, their no name. One makes, they're yeah. always in on everybody. Yeah, they but, never that, end up but to your them. point, Marshall, I wow. haven't heard. Well, look what happened. To, uh, what the hell's wrong with you? They got Arson Judge last, <clears throat> last well, year. Well, they didn't get they didn't get Aaron though. Yeah, but they got confused. Uh, Bellinger, by the way, if you look at other odds, so Bellinger spent the one year with the Cubs, rehabbed this value. Any guesses, if not the Cubs, any guess for where Cody Bellinger, his odds are? Like, what team has the best odds, according to Bet Online? I think the Cubs do. If not the Cubs. Oh, if not the Cubs. Yeah. Uh, Don't think too hard on this. The Mets? Dodgers. Oh, yeah. Going back to the Dodgers. So he rehabs his value with the Cubs, goes back to the Dodgers. The Phillies are also plus 300. The Dodgers are plus 200. Well, the Phillies are linked to everybody, by the way. The Phillies? Yeah, they're linked to Sonny Gray. They're linked to Cody Bellinger. Like, everybody. Anybody who's available, the Phillies are like, oh, yeah, they're in. So this segues perfectly to Blake Snell. Phillies are in. If not the Padres, <laughs> where does Blake Snell sign? Phillies. Phillies at plus 200. Yeah. Same odds as Aaron Nola going to the Cardinals. The Cardinals are plus 700 for Blake Snell. The Phillies might keep Nola and get Snell. That's <laughs> true. Based on how they operate. I'm not joking. It's not, yeah. Well, they did. You're not far off. I, I believe I saw something that they are interested in Sonny Gray, too. Yeah, that's what I just said oh, earlier. I, I no, thought... it's okay. It was a different part of the conversation. But... Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought you were making fun of me. No, no, no. Not, you're not, dealing not this time. You've got a whole lot of okay. stuff going that's on. Fair. Josh Hader. Best odds, Yankees. <laughs> just going to say Phillies. Followed there. by the Phillies. Angels. Followed by Why the Dodgers. would you want to go Dodgers. there? Phillies. <laughs> Son of a... Well, that's the thing. The Phillies are right there. They're right there. They need another guy that's going to put them over the edge for that World Series ring. Because they're right there. And they're they're going to buy their way. And they will. They're they don't have a farm system, so they, they have to operate that way. It's kind of like the, what the Padres did. They started to trade away, guys. Like, we don't have a farm system. You're not going to rely on the farm system. You have to now continue to do what you're doing. And uh, they're in a lot of trouble. Jordan Montgomery. Any any guesses on where what, what team have has um, the best odds? Yankees. Hmm. Cardinals. Cardinals are second at plus 300. The Yankees are plus 200. You know what, though? I feel like we haven't been talking about him enough over the past two weeks. That's because he's got Scott Boris as an agent, which means you're going to get fleeced. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. You're not, you're paying full price and then some when you're working with Boris. What, What scenario makes sense for the Cardinals to bring him back? Like, does it make sense in your opinion for both of you? To bring Monty back in lieu of Aaron Nola, in lieu of Sonny Gray, in I would lieu say, of, you know what I'm saying? I do. I would say in lieu of Sonny Gray. Okay. Because you've had him in the building. You haven't had Sonny Gray in the building. And Jordan Montgomery. I think he's pitched here a couple of times. Oh, actually. yeah. Uh, that's my bad, Jamie. Yeah. I, I mean, with the Cardinals. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. You know, you, you already know 
Because a lot of these guys, you're hired, these are hired mercenaries, man. You don't know. You didn't draft them. You do your homework on them. But look at Wilson Contreras. You don't know if he's going to fit in your system until he's actually here. Oh, did you, though? Did you? <laughs> you I prob- still have you so, probably should have. I still have so many questions. But, it's almost like they read the first page and the last page of the book. Yeah. They did They <laughs> did what I do. The spark notes. When I'm going, <laughs> when I'm going through the terms on uh, some of these online, you know, mm. eh, just let me get to it. Yeah, and I agree. Agree. Oh, yeah, that's Meanwhile, great. I signed away my life. Um, speaking of Sonny Gray, bet online. What team do do do, the, do they have uh, for Sonny Gray? Top team, best odds. I think it's the Phillies. Cardinals. Marsh is on fire. Cardinals plus one hundred. So that's. I mean, we might as well start buying jerseys right now. Okay, Jamie. I I, I feel your sarcasm so on this. Nola, I thought Sonny I was going to provide yeah. a little bit. And Monty. And Monty. Yes. No, he's going to the Let's Yankees. Get Yamamoto too. He's going to the uh, Montgomery's going to the Yankees. Let's Mo face on the odds. said he wasn't getting three starters. He meant four. I don't think so. Okay, here's That's the. That's how you synthesize synthesize that, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> Take that bow tie and like it. Yamamoto. <laughs> Who has the best odds? Mets. The Mets. No, the, the Mets are plus six hundred. They're third. Is Cubs the are fourth at plus eight hundred. The Giants are plus twelve hundred. Mm. Hmm. Yankees? Yankees are plus 500. They're second. Wow, wow. To the... Cardinals! Nope, Cardinals are plus 1,200. Phillies, Phillies are plus 1,200. Hang on. There's another team in there. Phillies, Giants, the Cardinals. <laughs> no, Padres are plus 1,600. <laughs> How much... Boy, what money do they have? The, the loan kicked hey. in? Yeah. <laughs> so is, it a, is it a good team? Yes. Is it the Braves? The Rangers. Uh, Rangers are plus 1,400. Oh, You're missing... I mean, maybe you guys said it. The and Dodgers? I missed it. Dodgers. Dodgers oh, are plus 400. I don't 400. think we said it, actually. No, we didn't. I don't think you did either. Dodgers plus 400 for Yamamoto. Huh. I don't like Watch that. them get Yamamoto and Shohei Otani. Yeah. Oh, for, well, they didn't yeah. do anything last offseason like, oh, look at the Dodgers. They're penny yeah. pinching. Okay, watch this. Yamamoto and Shohei. Oh, and they, they still might hmm. do something. Sounds more. like they had a plan. Cody Ballinger going back there, too. Oh, boy. Marsh. What? Wow. Unbelievable. Hey, let's do a Stalter stack up. We do have uh, Jeremy Rutherford coming up at 3.30, so he'll join us at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk about last night's game and uh, other things impacting your St. Louis Blues. But we'll do a Stalter stack up. Uh, Bengals fans have been waiting for me to eat crow on them. I got a little apology for Bengals fans, and uh, we'll treat for them too, Jamie. Oh, there you go. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Stalter Stackup, the top 10 teams in the NFL from the mind of Anthony Stalter. All right, I'm looking forward to uh, getting you guys' reaction on this, because we haven't done this now in two weeks, so we did not have... We did not have the Stalter stack up last week. Uh, the team that I have completely disrespected. Again, I was right in September. Completely wrong in October. So I'm making amends today. The Cincinnati Bengals, who are in the top 10 for the Stalter stack up. Marsh, why don't we start with uh, number 10? Work our way up. Number 10. So the number 10 spot has been just a, uh, a kiss of death. For whatever team I have, 10. It's on the way out. They're on the way out. <laughs> this team is perfect for the top 10. Now, the Donnie Fandangos, oh, 
will not like this. Oh, boy. But I got the Bills at number 10. They may not be here a week from a week from now. Josh Allen, as I've talked about, guys, Josh Allen has been the perfect deodorant for a team that is painfully average. You take him off that off that squad, they may not win three games. Deodorant, wouldn't that be because the team stinks? Yeah, so average probably doesn't even cover it. Yeah. That team's not great without the three defenders that they that they have lost and I've talked about a lot. Buffalo at five and four. I respect Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs so Stephon Diggs so much that I'll leave them at ten. But again, this is a, a team on their way out. Bills at number ten. Number nine. I got the Cowboys at number nine. Even though they lost to the Eagles, that was an impressive performance. I mean, they fell inches away from potentially beating the Eagles, who, you know, spoiler alert, I've, I've got them pretty high. The Cowboys, since that loss to the 49ers, have gotten back on track. Now, beating the Chargers, I thought that was an impressive win in L.A. to go out there and do, do so, especially coming off the loss of the Niners, and then crushing a Rams team that was overmatched. Okay, but when you go toe-to-toe to Philly and have every opportunity to beat them, on the road, Lincoln Financial Field, all of that. I thought that was impressive. So I got the Cowboys at number nine. Uh, it feels like there's a wide gap between the Cowboys and Bills from nine to ten, though. Number eight. Had to drop the Dolphins. They've got six wins against losing opponents. They've got three losses against winning opponents, including the aforementioned Buffalo Bills. And in those three games, they lost 48-20 to to the Bills, 31-17 to to the Eagles, and 21-14 to to the Chiefs, in which... Kansas City didn't score a point in the second half. The Dolphins are, are similar to the 49ers in this respect. They have to play with the lead. And they have to make sure that the, you know they're playing a team that doesn't have a good defensive line or else they, they completely struggle, unlike San Francisco. I think Miami falls into that category. But I will say this about the Dolphins. Defensively, I think they're getting better each week. It's not just because of Jalen Ramsey. I think, I think some of the things that I talked about at the start of the season with Vic Fangio are starting to come into play here. So we know that the Dolphins' offense, they can, they can score in a hurry. I think that defense is, again, starting to catch up. They're 4-0 at home, and they're going to be playing a ton of home games coming up. So I'm going to leave them in the top 10 at number 8. Number 7, thank you. Got Jamie's Lions at number 7. They're another team that when they faced a really good squad in the Ravens, they got blown out, and they faced the, other, they faced the Seahawks as well in Week 2. Couldn't hang with them. Oh, whatever. But otherwise, they have played very well. They're at the Chargers. Now the Chargers playing a little bit better. That that's a better game. But then they got the Bears, Packers, Saints, Bears, Broncos, Vikings, Cowboys, Vikings. This sets up very well for the Lions to challenge either the Eagles or whoever, uh, probably the Eagles, for that top spot in the NFC. And if they could get bad boy, could you imagine if they could get a if they could get the number one seed, a bye, and then home field home field advantage throughout after. Their, their long playoff winning drought mm-hmm. for the Lions to be the top seed, top seed in the, the NFC. Again, they've got a lot of work to do trying to catch the Eagles, but they're in a good spot, so I got them at seven. Uh, you think they're going to be able to do that with four losses? <clears throat> what? The Lions? Yeah. Because of the Vikings, you're saying? You'll see where the Vikings are. Number six. They're not in the top ten. <laughs> 49ers at... <laughs> 49ers at 5-3. and three. I know they've lost three straight. When they're healthy, they're one of the most dominant teams in the league. Very fascinating to see what they do against Jacksonville in Jacksonville. But their schedule is actually kind of a gauntlet coming up. 
But I still think that, again, when healthy, this 49ers team is incredibly difficult to beat. We'll see if the bye week did them any good. Uh, dropping three straight. I excuse the Browns one because, the, the you know, the, the Browns lost bad weather. You had guys dropping like flies. The Vikings won, though. The Vikings took it to you, and the Bengals took it to you. So you're, this Jacksonville squad is also coming off a bye week, and uh, I think that this this one is the game of the week thus far in the in the NFL this upcoming Sunday. But I got the 49ers at six. Kind of pains me to do so, but what else are you going to do when, when they've lost three straight? I still think that they're when it's all said and done, they're they're probably a top three team. But for now, you gotta you gotta take into account that they've dropped three straight. So I got them at six, five, Bengals, Cincinnati top five team now. Joe Burrow is looking completely respect on that boy. They've looked very. They've looked great. They've looked fantastic. They pounded Buffalo. They pounded San Francisco. I didn't think they looked great against Seattle, but they took care of business. Against them and the, the Cardinals, they've won four straight, five of their last six. Bengals are back. Joe Burrow's healthy. Jamar Chase a little banged up, though. But T. Higgins finally got into the mix last week. And Joe Mixon, they're running the football very well. So I got the Bengals at, uh, That's at number five. That's good, Anthony. I know. They are. Number four. I got Jacksonville. I got Jacksonville at number four. Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, the slew of wide receivers plus the tight end uh, in Evan Ingram. And I think Jacksonville defensively is a lot better than, than what we've talked about thus far. They've won five straight games. They have found their game. Can they beat the 49ers at home as a three-point dog? If they can do that, we're talking about uh, a team that can challenge some of the upper echelon teams in the AFC. Speaking of which, number four, please. I think we just did number four. Uh, number three, please. <laughs> number three. Tested you, Marsh. Nice job. Got the Baltimore Ravens. Everybody wanted to see this offense come alive. They, When you watch the games early on, Lamar Jackson was playing well, but the, the overall scoring wasn't there. The, the offensive output wasn't there. So everybody's like, ah, how much has really changed with Todd Monken? Well, we've seen that now. 37 against Seattle, 31 against Arizona, 38 against Detroit. 24 in London against Tennessee, and they lost, they left a lot of points on the field because they kept take they, they were kicking field goals a lot in that game. But th- three straight games in which they they scored at least 31 points. Now they've got the Browns, who they have taken care of business in the past, but that defensive line is going to be a challenge nonetheless. But I, I love the Ravens. I've loved them since since the start. So I got them at number three. Number two. It hasn't looked pretty, but it hasn't looked pretty all season. I still have the Chiefs. I respect what I respect the fact that they've got. Patrick Mahomes, they've got uh, Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid offensively, and that's where their issues are, believe it or not. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy to talk about the Chiefs having issues offensively, and they, they do. They have issues offensively. But when you got those three guys plus a very underrated Isaiah Pacheco, I think they're going to be just fine. The key is that their defense has been one of the best units in the NFL this season. Well said. Use of unit, gotcha. I said their D has been one of the their best Their D units. has been a great unit. Yep. They've come up big. Jamie. I agree. So I respect the Chiefs. There's, Huge. I respect that unit defensively. Mm-hmm. They're, they're driving. They're that number team. two. Darn right. Number, yeah. number one. Please. Number one. Eagles. Eagles are still my number one team. Eight and one. Jalen Hurts looks completely banged up, but he's still playing. They're finding ways to win. They got some help there from the from the Cowboys, but again, good teams find a way to win. They're six and zero oh in the conference. Three and zero oh in the division. Four and one on the road, like all marks of good teams, right? They play well defensively. They still got the, the best roster, top to bottom, 
and they've got threats offensively. One of the best offensive lines. Jalen Hurts is a threat. A.J. Brown's a major threat. Devonta Smith got in the action again last week. The throw that he made to Devonta Smith was incredible. Dallas Goddard, Goddard has come out, come about here recently, so the Eagles are still my number one team. There you go. There's your Stalter stack up here in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. And I got the, I got the Vikings there at uh, 10.5, Marsh. No, no. Keep them down. Keep them low. <laughs> we'll just be the underdog. You know what I'm going to do? When they beat the Saints this week, I'm going to put them at 10 for you, Marsh. Hey. Oh, no. I'm going to put them right Kiss there at number death. 10. If they beat, I promise you, if the Vikings, when the Vikings beat the Saints, I'm going to put them right there at number 10 next week in the Stalter stack. Wow. Out. Keep them out. Mm-mm. Keep I won't, them out I, of the top I, 10. I won't do that to you. Keep them out of the top 10. I won't do that to you. I think the Falcons... Are terrible? You're right. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to make a joke about them being in the top 10. They are their joke. I don't know. That they, is the entire joke. That is the joke. They yeah. are a joke. Yeah. They got the Cardinals. That's... Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray will win. He hasn't played, played in a year. Yeah, I think he hasn't played win. well in two years, but he'll win. No doubt. Come down in the last second, I'm sure. All right, we have Jeremy Rutherford. He's going to join us. To, uh, no, he's not. No. no. He will join us at some point. Yeah. But did you see that the Angels hired Ron Washington as their manager? Did they? They did. No kidding. Yep. They went with experience then, they didn't sure they? Did. All right, so JR is going to join us maybe a little bit later on. You want to do Prove Me Wrong, Marsh? Let's do a Prove Me Wrong. Uh, yes. I love Prove Me Wrong. And if you have a Prove Me Wrong statement that you want to send into the Air Comfort Service tax line, you can. 314-399-9646. Again, Prove Me Wrong next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Prove me wrong, kids. Prove me wrong. All right. This is where you throw out a statement. Jamie and I have to argue against it. And then Andrew Marsh is judge, jury, and executioner. Whether or not we uh, we successfully prove the statement wrong. Mm. Marsh? All right. This the session. Honorable, the Honorable Marsh. Yes. The uh, session is now... Now in order, from the 314, prove me wrong. The Arizona Diamondbacks ended up winning the Paul Goldschmidt trade because they made it to the World Series before the Cards did without him. No. When you look at evaluating that trade, you have to evaluate the players that Arizona received compared to the card. What? what the Cardinals got, and obviously the Cardinals got Paul Paul Goldschmidt, who, uh, what did he do two years ago? MVP. Won the MVP, that's right. None of the players that Arizona acquired helped Arizona reach the World Series. Were they even on the roster? No. So if you're evaluating that trade, the Cardinals won that trade. If you're judging whether or not the Diamondbacks have had more success than the Cardinals over the past calendar year... Yeah. Wasn't thanks to that deal, though. Not one bit. It's a big fat no for me. You're right, Anthony. It's unfortunate that the Cardinals have not made it to the World Series before the Diamondbacks, but it took the Diamondbacks a few years to get back to the World Series because they were so terrible.
terrible because they did not have Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah, and uh, the, or anything from that deal. The kicker for me is not one of those guys was even a piece of this. Not a one playoff run. That's 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 yeah, rough. Exactly. Hmm. From a three-one-four, prove me wrong. The Cards make a trade for a pitcher, but it works out better for the team they traded with. All right. They make a deal. They make a trade. We're basing this off of, of course, previous trades that the Cardinals have made, which have not worked out. Mm. Randy Rosarina and such, right? But that also includes the notion, Jamie, and the jury at, at large here, that the Cardinals do not know how to evaluate their own talent, correct? Correct. Well, if they don't know how to evaluate their own talent... They don't have a ton of talent. So the guys that they're actually trading are like the Arizona Diamondbacks deal for Paul Goldschmidt and the Nolan Arenado deal for the Rockies. They're trading their crapola for stars. So when they make the deal for Logan Gilbert and give up three guys from their their farm system, those three guys, in essence, will not pan out just like the three guys they gave Colorado and the three guys they gave Arizona. It's science. Mm. I don't like it. There wasn't a lot there. I don't like it. That's why I I stayed away from it. I don't like it. I saw your face. I saw the deer in the headlights. Somebody had to step up. I took the case of the guy. Colorado GM was intoxicated (laughs) at the time. Some of these are unwinnable. <laughs> I took on the case to the guy with the video evidence that the yeah. guy committed the crime. He's holding the well, gun. It's not yeah. him. <clears throat> I, Staring into the camera. And he didn't want to plead insanity. Yeah. It's AI. <laughs> yep. All right. Next one from the 618. Prove me wrong. The Pac 12 is the best college football conference this season. Yeah. yeah you could have made that claim in September when the Pac 12 was, was winning consistently. But right now, you got Washington, Oregon, and Oregon State-ish. When you look at the SEC, which is still the, the, the best overall conference, you're talking about Georgia, who should be number one. You tell me Georgia's not better than Ohio State? Give me a break. That's crazy. You still got Georgia. They, again, they should be number one. You've got Alabama. They've got one loss, and that was to Texas, who, oh, by the way, is seventh in the nation. Ole Miss, whose ninth only loss is to Alabama in Tuscaloosa. You've got Tennessee, Mizzou, LSU, all in the top 20. The SEC is still the number one conference in all of college football. I would have bought this in September. I would have passed on the case. But right now where we sit, you cannot argue that the the SEC isn't the better conference when they got three teams in the top nine. Numbers don't lie. Um, We thought Colorado would be better than they are. USC. We thought they'd be terrible. Then they turned out to be better than what we thought. Which is And then they kind of turned out to be somewhat what we thought. Yes. They're all over the place. Yeah. Uh, USC, not great. No. Defensively. Good, but not great. Mm -hmm. Defensively, terrible. Uh, So, yeah. What you said is spot on. About three months ago or two months ago, you would have said best conference. Not so much anymore. Mm -mm. 
From the 636, prove me wrong. The Blues are going to have a worse season this season than last year. Get them, Jamie. So they're asking, they're saying they're going to have a worse year this year than last yes. year? Well, I got them. I got first it, of all, they're already better than last season because they won their first three games and then lost eight in a row last <laughs> season to start the season. Eight in a row! <laughs> eight in a row, that's right. Uh, that hasn't happened yet this year. The most they've lost is two in a row, but then they bounce back with two, in a, two wins in a row. This team is uh, a more competitive team. They don't have as many high-profile guys that are on expiring contracts that might be looking over the fence into the other yard. They've got a bunch of guys here that want to be here so much so that they're using their no-trade clauses to stay here in St. Louis because they believe this team is going to be better than last year and make the playoffs. You've got a captain that... uh, I think inspires not just the team, but he inspires the city of St. Louis. Heck, maybe even the state of Missouri. And that's our guy, Braden Shen. And you've got a couple of young guys right now, Thomas and Cairo, that are starting to heat up in the points department. And let's not forget that Jordan Bennington looks like he did a couple of years ago. Yeah, he does. And that, to me, is the big change for these Blues. So if you're telling me they're going to be worse this year than they were last year, go blank yourself. San Diego. Hmm. This is tough because they are not good on the power play. But, Jamie, much like Braden Shen, the captain of this city's hockey team, I feel pretty inspired to give you a ding. There we go. All right, final one here. From the 217, prove me wrong. If the Cubs sign Shohei Otani, the cards should go into a full rebuild. You can't go into a full rebuild when you've got Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt on the corners, as well as Jordan Walker and Mason Wynn and Nolan Gorman with your guys that are that are coming up right now. You can't go into a full rebuild when you should have one of the better offenses in the National League. You didn't get to showcase that because the the pitching was so was was so bad. And the Cubs making one move, they they made the best move in the in the division last year in acquiring Dansby Swanson, and they didn't make the playoffs. I'm talking about one one guy, one guy does not make a team, Jamie. So to go in a full rebuild, this doesn't make sense. You have you have a big need, but you do have one need, and you can allocate all those resources right to starting pitching. So you don't just bail because the Cubs make one deal for Shohei Otani. Seriously. I mean, you guys, you nailed it. Thank nailed you. it. You think that, uh, at least me, I can't speak for St. Louis here. Don't do that. I don't want to do that. No. But Shohei, Shohei Otani came and was playing for the Cubs, and we went into a full rebuild. That means we would be bad, like really, really bad for a few years. And that means we would just be made fun of by Cub fans on the internet because they'd beat us all the time. Yeah. And I don't want that to happen. Nobody's so. going to stand for that. No. Not up in here. Not at all. All right, so we still haven't heard from uh, JR. It Apparently will be later work- in the show. Apparently he's working or something. <laughs> I know. Let's get back into those blues, though. So they lose last night, but are they still on the upswing? Also, when it comes to athletes, are we seeing how much confidence plays into performance? That's next on 101 ESPN. <laughs> We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. J. 
Jamie, despite the loss last night, did you see enough to say the Blues are moving away from a lot of the issues that they had in the first eight games, and they're more in line with the last, you know, the, the previous two coming in, or? Did you see a lot of the same issues that they had to start the season last night? Um, look, I think overall their their game has improved. And, you know, you look at the two games that they won against New Jersey and Montreal, they were playing a very heavy four-check style, uh, playing with pace, they were connected, all these things that you, as a coaching staff and as a fan, the, the things you want to see. Yeah. And to start the game last night looked very much the same. And then for pockets in the third, I felt like they had generated some some good stuff as well. You know, the second period, it, it's it is what it is. Like you can't sugarcoat it. You can't put lipstick on a pig. It wasn't it wasn't a good period for the Blues. Um, the execution wasn't there. The neutral zone was pretty sloppy and and choppy. And you spent way too much time in the defensive zone. So have they learned or improved? I'd say they keep moving the needle forward slowly there's still lots of room for improvement and you still have guys here's the thing is you still have guys that aren't performing up to their potential yet and you have a power play that's only scored one goal right now that's a big difference maker like last night if you score on the power play that Buchnevich goal mm-hmm. one that gets blocked by Dylan DeMello if you score that that's a power play goal and you're up one nothing so that's like a double boost for your team because you haven't scored on the power play and Booch has been a little snake bitten. Actually, make it a triple boost because now you're up one nothing. So you're playing with the lead. That could have totally changed the entire game at that point because you were all over the Winnipeg Jets. And if you put a goal in there, you know, maybe you guys now, you really put your foot on, on the gas and bury the Jets. But you didn't. And your power play remains abysmal. Buchnevich is snake-bitten still, mm. and you can't come from behind to win a game. So you see how that could be just two polar opposite scenarios sure. all from one play. And I don't like a team to be hinging off of that. I'd rather see a team that it takes several plays to you know kind of wear you down or break the team. And so do they have progress to make? Yeah, absolutely. For sure, and I think each individual on that team or behind the bench would say the exact same thing, that yes, they've got room to grow still. But what I'm liking is I'm still seeing compete out of a lot of guys. Compete doesn't necessarily win you hockey games. You have to put the puck in the net. But the team, for me, is giving a pretty consistent effort overall. So you mentioned Pavel Buchnevich, who again has been snake-bitten. That's uh, that's the the term of the segment here. But Buchnevich talked last night about a chance that he had uh, early on in the game, the the, the one that, that got blocked. Here's what Buchnevich said, and it kind of builds into kind of the, the confidence and how it affects an athlete. Here's here's Buch. Well, I don't know what to say. Guys creating a chance for me, but I can finish. I don't know. Hopefully one go in and uh, that black line and for me, and uh, I just have to play better, help the team. Now, but doesn't create anything, doesn't doesn't really help the team, so got to find a way. Let me tell you something. Pavel Buchnevich, by the way, uh, there's no filter. What you hear him say is exactly what he's feeling in the moment. It's like he took truth serum as a kid and it's never gone away, mm-hmm. which is a beautiful thing because he's got no BS to him at yeah. all. 
And I, for, I really enjoy him. His personality is great. He's a funny dude. But he wears it. And last night he was feeling negative because he hasn't been able to put the puck in the net. And you can see it, too, in his play. And that's one thing being down between the benches is you see a lot of the reactions, not just on the ice, but on the bench, too. And Booch is, you know, hanging the head a little bit. He's disappointed. And I get it. He's a competitive dude, and he wants to score some goals for this team and help them win. Sure. But right now, confidence is low. And we've seen that with a few Blues guys so far in this early season. Like Tory Krug last night got his first assist of the season, his first point. Now, Tory Krug, I would argue, he's played well for you defensively. He's stepped up on the penalty kill. He's He's been an effective player. And so has Pavel Buchnevich because Craig Berube was made aware of those comments, too, by Bucci. And he said, look, yeah, he's gripping the stick a little tight. The confidence isn't there. But he still does a lot of things away from the puck that really helped his hockey club win or mm. pr- compete in games. But Jordan Cairo was snake bit. And you could see him. He was getting frustrated, breaking sticks. At one point there, Braden Shen was breaking sticks. And Robert Thomas, for a while, was upset. Like Confidence is re- it's a real thing especially when you're heavily relied upon. So if you're a fourth liner and you miss a goal or you hit a post or something, I mean, that's gravy. You got a great scoring opportunity. You did something that maybe anybody, nobody thought you could do, you know, is even get close to scoring a goal. It's nice to score, but but when you're a five, six, seven, eight million dollar player and you're not performing and you know it, like you wear it, man. It can, it can drag you down to yeah. where... You're not even thinking straight. And this is why I think a few times Booch has passed out of great scoring opportunities because he's not feeling it right now. Mm-hmm. So it's important for him to get a goal here soon. It's important for Tory Krug to get a goal. It's important for the power play to get going so the confidence starts to, to you know, elevate a little bit. Can you shoot your way into confidence? I think you can. I've always been a firm believer on you know, guys that are offensive players. Just shoot the puck. Don't worry about passing. Shoot. Like at some point it goes in, or at some point there's a rebound that somebody else puts in, and you get an assist on the play, mm-hmm. and you feel better about yourself, feel better about your game. The biggest mistake that guys can make when they're struggling confidence-wise in hockey is passing it off to someone else to do their job. Sure. So when if Buchnevich is coming down the ice and he's got a great chance to score a goal, but now he starts looking elsewhere, a lot of times, nine times out of ten, it's not the best option. The best option is for him to bury his head and put that thing top shelf. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say for players that are struggling, shoot the puck more often. Is there anyone on the team that would say to, not just Booch, maybe there's other players too that feel the same way, but hey, quit pouting and go and play your game? No, I, yes, but not in those words. Okay. Um, if it's somebody who you know has not been competing or you know they, they haven't been giving it everything 200 foot game or whatever mm-hmm. and they're sitting there hanging their head or pouting or kicking the boards or doing that yeah that's what like, happens oh, hey quit happens. being a freaking yeah. baby right quit, you, you're not happy go do something about it but enough of that crap you know mm-hmm. that, that will get said but when you have guys like booch even Cairo and thomas or krug guys that are out there you know still competing and trying to create chances and you know like they're trying to score goals and they're down on themselves it's the opposite man it's more of the hey just keep shooting that mm-hmm. was the right play. Just keep shooting. Don't worry about it, man. You're playing so We need you. Don't worry. You'll get the next one. Like, it's always, you want to reinforce the confidence because you know that guy is, 
he's starting to to dip confidence wise. Mm-hmm. You want to bring him back, a- and dipping confidence wise is different than pouting. You know, pouting is like a spoiled brat, little baby move. Mm. Yeah, I didn't get the puck on the power play. This sucks, and throw the water bottle. No, mm. pick the damn bottle up. Quit being a almost cussed there. <laughs> Quit being a you know what, and you know, go do your job. Mm-hmm. So there's differences between the two. It's fascinating on 101 ESPN. That That's how Jamie talks to Marsh and I sometimes at breaks, and it works. So, you know, follow that advice. Man, makes me want to run through a wall. You're darn right it does, yeah. Yeah, just keep shooting, Anthony. I will. Just keep yeah. shooting, Anthony. I think one's going to bounce right off your shin pad. It's going to go in the back of the neck. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Marsh. You know what I think? I think that if you clear it effectively and you angle the puck off of the boards or the glass and you got that F1 streaking up nine-route style, you're going to have plenty of opportunities. I have yet to see that. They had to clear it off the scoreboard last night, Anthony. You'd have been proud. I was very proud. I saw it. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. We are going to continue our gauntlet playoff challenge. One man fell last uh, yesterday. Still got nine. Oh, yeah, Timmy boy took it, didn't he? Nine champions. Nine champions that are left. Mm -hmm. Will our next champion survive this time? We'll find out next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers, and Anthony Salter. And we continue our gauntlet playoff rounds. Mike is our latest contestant. If Mike wins today, he advances to the next round. So he'll, he'll have a little time off. But again, he's going to get past one of us today. What's up, Mike? What's up, gentlemen? Welcome back, my friend. Who did you beat to win your gauntlet trophy? I uh, I beat Marsh. It was the infamous poisonous versus venomous. Oh wow! Really? Oh, oh man! So that that wound up uh, that that went sideways, Mike. Yeah, it was a little crazy. Okay, so w- again, welcome back. Now you have you have two options here. Your first option is to take on one of us. I want baseball. Okay, so you want baseball. So you're going to eliminate baseball the other two times, though. Does that make sense? That's correct. Okay, so you're going to take baseball, no problem. So that means the wheel will choose your opponent today. So go ahead and tell Marsh to spin that wheel. Go ahead, Mike. Marsh, spin that wheel. This is exciting. We've never. Who did he take off? He took baseball. Oh. So he chose. He he chose the category. So, oh wow. Okay, so the the man you beat Mm. to win your gauntlet trophy. Is in a revenge spot. It will be Marsh today in baseball. How do you feel about it? Let's do it, Marshy. There you go. And this is two days in a row. Two days in a row. Marshy's low key good at baseball too. Marshy's good. Marshy's good at life. So Marshy's pretty good at everything. He is. He absolutely is. Thank you, Mike. He's well rounded. Thank you. I'm gonna (laughs) head into the cone of silence. All right, you do so. There you go. So, uh, can I get one of those, Anthony? Yeah, Jamie. 
I'm trying to talk and also do all this oh, stuff. I'm sorry. I, you know? I didn't mean to ask you to chew gum and walk at the it, same it, time. You act like bad. I wasn't going to give you one. Like we yeah. haven't done this a million times just, before. Just give me the paper. Jeez. All right, Mike, you know the rules. You're going to get the same four questions, all baseball, that Marsh gets today. Each question is worth two points, unless you ask for the options. If you ask for the options, the questions are worth one point. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right, here we go. Question number one. In 2005, Chris Carpenter narrowly edged out a 22-game winner to capture the NL Cy Young Award. Name that season's runner-up. So this is 2005, Carpenter edged out a 22-game winner to capture the NL Cy Young Award. Who was that 22-game winner? Gontrell Willis. Final answer. All right. Alrighty. Question two. Corey Seager recently became just the second player to win the World Series MVP trophy for two different teams. Name the other star who achieved this feat. Reggie Jackson. Final answer. (laughs) Okay, Mike's. I mean... (laughs) He wanted baseball. My goodness. He got baseball. All right. Uh, I can't even get the question out. There's no bonus I mean, I for knew, quick I answers. Knew, I knew it was. We're good. <laughs> uh, you, don't, you still don't know if you got them right, Mike. So let's just. Uh, well, sounds, hey, pretty sounds pretty good. Uh, all right. Question three, Mike. Cardinals icon Willie McGee turned 65 last week. What organization originally spent a first-round draft pick on Willie in 1977? Oh, Oh, I know this. I know this. I know this. Um, it was Yankees. Final answer. Alrighty. Last question. With four World Series titles, Bruce Bochy has now won exactly as many championships as Walter Alston and what other legendary manager? Ooh. Is it Tommy Lasorda? Oh, or Tony Mack? Give me the option. Is it Tony Larusa, Sparky Anderson, or Joe Torre? <laughs> well, Torre won. I know three for sure with the Yankees. I don't know if he got the fourth. Who was the first option? Tony Larusa. Tony won two with the Cardinals. I think he won two with the I'll go Tony LaRusso. I think he won two with the A's. Final answer? Final answer. All right. Mike, I was thinking, without without looking at the options, I was thinking Connie Mack, too. So good thing you, you asked for those options. <laughs> All right, let's bring back Marsh from the Cone of Silence. Mike, how are you feeling? I feel pretty good. I don't know about the last one, but the other three I'm pretty confident. All right, we'll see how Marsh does today. Is, like you said, low-key good at baseball. Or yeah. maybe Jamie said we'll that. Let's see huh? if Marshy's got his A game here today. Yeah. Marsh. Yes. How's the cone of silence? You're sitting Good. there and alone. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I'm sorry. To yeah. s- I'm sorry. To, I was sorry to see that. Yeah, that's all right. Jamie, would you like to tell him? Oh, Marsh, you better pack a lunch, buddy. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm like going one up against big, one of the like, champions. In yeah. one of those big, like, igloo coolers. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, Marsh, you already know this. Your category is baseball. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? I'm ready. In 2005, Chris Carpenter narrowly edged out a 22-game winner to capture the NL Cy Young Award. Name that season's runner-up. Ooh, 20. Um, 
Man, it had to be someone on the Astros, right? I'm thinking Roy Oswald. Let's use the uh, let's use the options though. If he's on there, I think I'm going with him. Is it Roy Oswald, Dontrell Willis, or Roger Clemens? Um, man, 2005, and Dontrell Willis was good, I think, in 2005, but I'm going to go with Roy Oswalt. That was my first choice, so I'm going to stick with it. Final answer. All right, Marshy, question number two. Corey Seager recently became just the second player to win the World Series MVP trophy with two different teams. Name the other star who achieved this feat. It is, um, oh, jeez. I think it's Reggie Jackson. Final answer. Question three. Cardinals icon Willie McGee turned 65 last week. What organization originally spent a first-round draft pick on Willie in 1977? I'm going to have to use the options on that one. The Angels, the Yankees, or the Giants? Mm. Let's go with the Giants. Final answer. All right, Andrew, final question of the day. With four World Series titles, Bruce Bochy has now won exactly as many championships as Walter Alston and what other legendary manager? I mean, Joe Torre. I think he won four with the Yankees, so Joe Torre, final answer. All right. Let's go over these. Mike, a returning gauntlet champion playing in the gauntlet playoff round he chose baseball the wheel chose marsh let's go over these start off with question two Corey seager recently became just the second player to win the world series mvp trophy for two different teams name the other star who achieved this feat marsh you said reggie jackson mike you also said mr october reggie jackson correct answer is Mr. October, Reggie Jackson. Nice job, guys. Neither of you needed the options on that one. So we have a 2-2 tie between Marsh and Mike. Cardinals icon Willie McGee turned 65 last week. What organization originally spent a first-round draft pick on Willie in 1977? Marsh, you said the Giants. Mike, you said the Yankees. Correct answer is... It was the Yankees. And Mike didn't need the options. Wow. Oh, no. Mike with a 4-2 lead over Marsh. Oh, man. With four World Series titles, Bruce Bochy has now won exactly as many championships as Walter Alston and what other legendary manager? Mike, you said Tony LaRussa. Marsh, you said Joe Torre. Correct answer is... Former Cardinals manager, Joe Torre. Joe Torre won four with the Yankees. 96, 98, 99, and 2000. 
So we've got a tie game. Oh, no. It's all tied up. Four piece. Why do I have a feeling I know what happens? In 2005, Chris Carpenter narrowly edged out a 22-game winner to capture the NL Cy Young Award. Name that season's runner-up. There will be no tiebreaker today. Oh, you guys, baby. You guys have two different answers. One of you is correct. Marsh, you said Roy Oswalt took the options, heard Roy, and said, I'm going to stick with it. Go with the gut. Mike, you said Dontrell Willis. No. You didn't need the options for that. When we found out that Marsh took the options, we know that Dontrell Willis was an option. Jamie. Who finished runner-up to Chris Carpenter in 2005 for the NL Cy Young Award? None other than big kick delivery Dontrell Willis. Mike! You have chosen wisely. (laughs) It wound up being an epic battle, but Mike wins today 6-4. Good job, Mike. Marsh, I'm glad you got that Joe Torre question right because it kind of set up the theatrics. uh. Uh, Mike, congratulations. So this is what's going to happen. You're not going to be back tomorrow. You won. You advanced. You survived. So you get to sit back and listen to all the other playoff winners, uh, the rest of the eight, go through, and then you'll be the first one back for uh, the the second round. So congratulations, my friend. All right. Sounds good. Nice job. Way to go, Mike. Congrats, man. Remember Dontrell Willis' delivery? Oh, yeah. Get the the big leg kick. So he did not use the options. No. He didn't use the options for any of them until Tony. Okay, so I would have lost either way, even if I did. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I feel I feel a little bit better now. Yeah, yeah, because you used the options and you yeah. Said, oh, well, if it was, that. yeah, no. Okay. Yeah, no. You... In fact, one of the questions I didn't even get to finish it, and Mike answered. Mike, Mike got the first three right without the options. Yeah. So and you were, the uh, you Yankees question, it. I believe it was that one. No, the Reggie Jackson question, I haven't even finished. Name yeah. the other Reggie Jackson. Yep. Like okay. Now, obviously, we have a lot more winners to go, mm-hmm. but. I don't know. That was that was a pretty good showing for Mike. Maybe the odds makers might have him as the as favorite. As a favorite, yeah. We'll, we'll see. He's, yeah, he's six points, no options for three questions. Impressive. Mm-hmm. Yep, no doubt. And he did say Joe Torre, but he he said, I don't think he got to the fourth one there. He said, I know he got three. Yep. So Mike knew his stuff. But now here's the thing. Mike can't use baseball. No, and he won't face me anymore either. And he won't face you. So he'll, uh, he'll take on either Jamie or me. So it'll be interesting to see. I wonder if they flip-flop it. I wonder if he takes if he takes uh, a category again. Well, he has to. He does. He has to take another category. That was the route that he went in. Oh, okay. So that's how now it goes. We got to stick with it. Yeah, he'll stick with Boy, it. Yeah, I like this. This is a lot of fun. All right, it's Fast Lane on One Hundred and One ESPN. Derek Gould of the Post Dispatch outlined four teams that would make sense for the Cardinals to trade with as they're looking for pitchers. We'll tell you which four teams those are next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Derek Gould wrote a interesting piece for stltoday.com talking about as the Cardinals seek trade routes for pitching here are four clubs with conversation uh, starters nice play on words there 
Very it's the Cardinals. Well yeah, as the Cardinals look for starters, you get it. Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, Anthony Stalters, Fastlane on 101 ESPN. The first team he listed, the Yankees. Cardinals, Yankees, it talks to the trade deadline approach about a deal that would help both teams as they slid from contention. Cardinals are looking for pitching. Yankees had a few arms at the class, uh, at class AAA of interest. Yankees were exploring the market of younger outfielders, left-handed bats, and had been kicking, kicking around the name Dylan Carlson. So Dylan Carlson could be a potential fit for the Yankees. I just don't know what you're going to fetch for Carlson at this point, even at 25 years old. It seems like a good move, I would think. <laughs> center fielder for, center for the Yankees. Outfielder for outfielder. It makes sense, yeah, on the surface. Maybe you'll get Harrison Bader. No, he's, he's gone. not a Yankee Yeah, anymore. he's done. Right. Yep, he's not a Yankee anymore. I think that you're probably looking at somebody that's at the AAA level if you're going to if you're going to go that route. If that's the case, do you like, do you just hold on to Carlson? I mean, do you maybe see what you have? In that scenario, yes. Unless unless that pitcher that you're acquiring would would catapult to the top of your like minor league rankings from a pitching standpoint. If he was like if he's the next guy up, then maybe it changes the conversation. Because now you're at least looking at an internal option that would be again the next the next guy, the sixth man. But I, I just don't know if that's going to be the, clay, the the case. The other team that Derek mentions was the Seattle Mariners. This is a team that we've talked a lot about. The Cardinals eyed right-hander Logan Gilbert as an addition as addition via trade, but the Mariners said no, no, thank you. Twenty-six-year-old isn't a free agent for another four seasons, and uh, he's been an absolute stud. So that that one's going to be tough. But the Mariners also have, as Derek Gould writes, George Kirby. Bryce Miller, and Brian Wu in the rotation. And the return of former Cardinals first-round pick Marco Gonzalez gives the team depth, at least to discuss trading from a strength to address a lineup that may not find its answers in the free agent market. This one makes makes sense because the Cardinals have offense. The Mariners want offense. Yeah. The Mariners have pitching. The Cardinals need pitching. So who are the Mariners acquiring in all this? Don't know. He just just lists that the the Mariners would would be a trade fit because of who they have again? They, Kirby they Miller, be, but they would be looking for pieces that you probably want to keep. The name, the name that comes to mind is the one that you and I have talked about not giving up, and that's that's Gorman. Nolan Gorman. Yeah, that would be Nolan Gorman, young power power bat from the left side. That one's tough to give up, even even with the back injuries, because those are concerning. You could talk yourself, if you're the Cardinals, you could talk yourself into. If this guy has a bunch of back injuries, why don't we just go ahead and flip him right yeah. now for the pitching that we need? And well, if let, it's Logan let the Mariners Gilbert, I mean, I'd seriously consider it. Right, and that's that's not going to be that's not going to be the case. Who else would the Mariners be interested in? I mean, you'd really have uh, to sweet. Can I tempt you with a Tyler O'Neill? He came from that organization. Have you seen this guy? I have look seen at this him. guy. Look at him. I never mind his injuries. Just, have you seen? just look at him. Just look back. A mountain of a man. Yeah. You had him, you know. Yeah, you can bench yeah, press a whole bunch of <laughs> Stop. So the Mariners make sense. All right, the other team, there's two more. The Toronto Blue Jays. Mama Rivers, Toronto Blue Jays. Yes. It seemed that the Cardinals had lengthy talks with a year ago about acquiring a catcher could also use some, some of its pitching depth to acquire offense. The Cardinals, when the Cardinals engaged the Blue Jays a year ago about trading for a catcher, interest was predictable. It's Lars Newpar, the name that always came up. And Donovan to name two. The Blue Jays have a formidable one-two punch in Kevin Gosman and Jose Barrios. 
and each signed a nine-figure deal. So those those guys are set. Here's a name that's interesting, though. And it's the one, Jamie, that you have brought up. Alec Manoa. Yeah. Alec Manoa coming off a dreadful season. Awful. But he was, a, he was in the top three two years ago for the Cy Young. And he's 25. So if you look at it and say, you can look at it one of two ways. Either the fluke was two years ago when he nearly won a Cy Young and made an all-star appearance with a 2-2-4 ERA. Or you look at last year as the fluke. The problem is you don't know you don't know what happened. You're not you're not in the organization. You can speculate. Yeah, there are some things going on there. I'm sure the Cardinals have some sources that they can kind of you know talk to and fi- figure it out. Well, Paul DeYoung was there. Paul DeYoung for, like, for like a, a hot day. minute. Yeah, maybe Hennessy's Cabrera will give you some information or Jordan Hicks. Uh, Hicks might. I think Cabby will hang up on you. Yeah, probably. Yeah, go chase yourself. Mm. Alec Manoa would be really interesting. Oh, okay, so what's that worth then? To you as a Cardinals organization, like the Blue Jays, uh, that's tough to move on from a guy unless they know something we don't, right? right. And then they're like, that's no, the that's risk. fine. We'll take Alec Burleson. And you're like, wait, why was it that easy? Right. What what happened here? Still, though, you would do that, right? Of course I would. That would be that risk. I mean, to give up somebody like so that. So, what's the threshold then? What's the puke point for Manoa? Because this is a real like. Yeah, I'm not giving up. Mark. I'm not giving up Newt. So God no. So if like the high end is Newt and the low end is is Alec Burleson. Well, but I, I don't think the low end is Alec Burleson. I think like if you're the Blue Jays, you're still you're, when you're on the phone with these other teams, mm-hmm. you're referencing the good year. What about Carlson? I would. I would trade Carlson in a heartbeat for Alec Manoa. Absolutely. Two guys that have not – Alec Manoa did not pan out last year, but obviously he had mm-hmm. you know, all that success two years ago. Dylan Carlson did, did show flashes early on, and then he's been injured, but he's also a young guy. That would be an intriguing trade. There's only one problem with that, though. You're going to have to try and get Dylan Carlson out of most cold, dead hands. I don't know if they're as cold and as dead as they were four years Can ago. Can you change on that? Like, if they're I think cold, they, I dead think hands, don't you have them no matter what? No, I, got them, I think Mo got to a fireplace or something and warmed them dead. puppies right up. Are they warm, dead hands? They're not warm, dead hands. Yeah. That's an intriguing trade. It's, it is. The more I think about it. I would do it. If I'm the Cardinals, you have nothing to lose. You're trying to clean up your outfield as it is because you got too many, we'll Infielders. call them options. Uh, you got so many options that it's just like it's cluttered, mm-hmm. and you take a flyer on a guy that you know who knows. Maybe get him here, you get him reacclimated. And yeah, hook we him up about- with our guy Izzy. Izzy talks to him, takes him out to Fast Eddie's for a beer. Or <laughs> Man, <laughs> boy, you can see it all yeah. in front of you. Can't you, Mark? Sounds like fun. You see I'll that vision? A, yeah, I'll be a reclamation project. Yeah, no doubt. Tales. I like that a lot. The last team that Derek Gould mentions is the Chicago White Sox. And one of the bluntest comments to come out of Tuesday's media availability with American League execs, new general manager Chris Getz, had the opinion of the White Sox. I don't like our team, he said. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, that's straightforward. <laughs> he also, according to the Chicago Sun-Times, described it as not well-rounded. So the White Sox, of course, have Dylan Cease. Dylan Cease you'd have to put in the same category as Logan Gilbert in terms of what you would have to give up. And the starting point would be Nolan Gorman and 
for Dylan Cease? Yeah, it's not a one for one. It'd be Nolan Gorman and you'd probably yeah. have to you'd probably have to part with you know some of those some of the young pitching that that you acquired at the deadline or some of your young pitching that you've had within the organization to couple with Gorman because you're getting Cease. Cease Cease is he's bona fide. Somebody right now that start opening day for you. So that that trade that one would hurt. There'd be a centerpiece and then a prospect package as well if you're the White Sox. Yeah. If he's talking about not liking the team because it's it's not balanced, what he's really saying is that we, we have holes everywhere in our roster. And if you're the White Sox, you're not interested. You're interested in young cost control players at that point. Anthony, I have a quick one for you. Sure. <clears throat> this is our guy BK, who's active on the old Xbox slash Twitter. He says, um, would you trade Tyler O'Neill? Yes. For Shane Bieber? Yes. My gosh. If you're the Guardians? Well, here's no. the thing. <laughs> you know, now, you know, BK never puts something out there without some kind of yeah. number to support this. Mm-hmm. The outfield home runs by a team since 2020. Cleveland Guardians, 30th in Major League Baseball. With home runs from outfielders. Mm-hmm. So, maybe you could tempt their tummy. Look at our guy Tyler. A little maple syrup for you there, guys. I don't think that'd be a one-for-one. One. Cleveland, weather's kind of like Canada. He'd be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't, don't think, think they do that one-for-one? One? No. I don't think nine home runs is going to make them jump up 15 <laughs> spots. No, but 40 does. And if you look at the way that the tweet is laid out, I think that he's being sarcastic. 40 home runs. Really? What did he have the one year? More than 40. I think he had 44, didn't he? No. Did 34? He had 34. 34. Yeah, okay. I knew there was a four in there. <laughs> that was the only game that he has played more than 100 games. See? Jeez. He's feeling good. He's well-rested. He is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, it's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Don't forget, we have Craig Berube coming up in 15 minutes. Uh, we'll talk to Chief about last night's game and uh, some of the other aspects surrounding your St. Louis Blues. Will the Cubs be the most aggressive team in free agency, and how will the Cardinals handle their offseason if that's the case? We'll talk about that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So after hiring Craig Council a couple of days ago, I thought you were going to say Craig Berube for a second. No, Craig Berube will join us in ten minutes. Yeah, he will. Yeah, our the weekly chat with got the time chief. for the fast lane. No doubt. No, uh, since the Cubs signed or hired Craig Council a couple of days ago, will the Cubs be the most aggressive team in free agency? How will the Cardinals handle the offseason if they are? I, the Cardinals have to be regard have to be aggressive regardless of what the Cubs do. That that's just the bottom line. I feel like we have this conversation each and every offseason where it's like, hey, what if the Cubs do this? What if the Cubs do that? Fine. The Cardinals need to be aggressive. They have not been they've got to improve upon what they have. And last year, they didn't do that. They signed Willis Contreras. Willis Contreras meet met a need. You didn't go above and beyond. You knew you st- you still didn't knew you had pitching problems. Mo has admitted that. Mo has said, well, you know, in his own way, 
He said, yeah, you know, we kind of thought uh, basically the pitching could be volatile. Yeah, I'd say so. It blew up. What gave him that indication? He said it before. Well, we thought. Here's here's my my read on it. The Cardinals felt as though that the offense would be great, the pitching will be just good enough, and if we need to acquire some pitching at the deadline, a la Jose Quintana, Jordan Montgomery, we'll do that. And instead, you didn't even get to the deadline in, in contention. So much so you were a seller. It's a loser mentality. It's a loser mentality. You didn't get to May in contention. You didn't get to May. <laughs> they didn't even, yeah. Ish. April was terrible. It was awful. It was, it was over before terrible. it started. It was. Don't rely on the deadline. We didn't even make it fix... out of Ballpark Village before the season no. was over. No, you're right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. We should have known, too. As soon as we're driving, like... We were driving away from Ballpark Village after doing yeah. after doing the show, and as we were listening to it on on uh, on the radio, and listening to the bullpen blowing up, we we're like, you know, something's not right here. Well, at least you got to listen to it. I watched it happen. I stayed around. Oh, Marsh, it was my birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Happy birthday, your Cardinals are going to stink. Marsh celebrated. He for did. Him. He celebrated. He yep. sure did. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the Cubs do. It doesn't matter what the Reds do. It doesn't matter what the Pirates do. It doesn't matter what the Brewers do. You have got to be aggressive to not only fill your needs, but to plan somewhat for the unexpected, such as injuries. What do you got, Marsh? This is from Katie Wu's article on The Athletic, and this is what Mo said. He said, we react to the pace, but again, the way we've entered these meetings, we want to be prepared. If someone needs an offer, we might be able to do that. If someone wants to take time and understand their market and where that's going, we can be patient there too. So before that, he also said a lot of times teams don't necessarily dictate the pace. So are they reacting to this pace of how the free agency will go, or will they be aggressive right off the hop? So I think what Mo is saying there, without saying it, is that we're not in control of that. Mm -hmm. We're not in control of the agents setting a certain market with their with their clients. For sure. It's out of our hands. But he's not saying it's out of our hands. Instead, he chooses, to Jamie's point, and this has been Jamie's point for years now on Mo. He chooses a more complicated way oh, of saying God. it, in which you, as the fan, Marsh, and I don't blame you, you start to think, "Oh, you're just going to wait around. Then you're not going to be aggressive." All I don't I, think yeah. that's what he's saying. I think he's saying it's out of my, it's out of our hands, but we're going to be if if they want to see how this market plays out, we're going to be fine with that as long as we're still in the mix. That's so, that's what I'm reading from what Mo just said. Yeah. So what what he said and. You know, kind of what I'm wanting are probably two different things for obvious reasons. But I think I think the Cardinals will be aggressive right out of the gate. Now, they may not be aggressive towards the Aaron Nolas and like that kind of thing. I think they'll be aggressive in wrapping up that number three starter or number four starter. And I know it sounds crazy, mm-hmm. but I think Mo will look at it as it's not a lot of money. We need pitching anyway. And we need to get after it before we're sitting there with no chair and the music stops. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So I think he'll come out. It, it'll be a, you know, it'll be a, a Gibson, a Gibby, or not even. He's probably going to be Bob Gibson. That'd be great. Oh, yeah, Bob Gibson. You know, no. Um, what, what, why do I forget his Kyle name? Kyle Gibson. Kyle Gibson. Gibby's a great guy too. You're I forget. Right, Sorry, you're all right. What the hell's wrong with me? I've done it. But even you know, even Gibson might be above the the money threshold that I'm talking about. 
I'm just talking about that number three or four starter. Mm-hmm. It's going to cost you twelve, thirteen million, maybe. Jamie, what? I think you're spot on. I think you're spot on. You know what I'm envisioning right now <laughs> with you saying that? The David Perron situation from the from the Blues off season. The same off season that they, and I'm not saying the the Cardinals are going to get their equivalent oh, like of Ryan O'Reilly. Got, well, it was Tyler Bozak was the first one. Was it and Bo- then Bozak? David Perron and Blues and people fans lost their freaking minds. Their minds. <laughs> this is all they're going to do, huh? I can't. Tyler bleeping Bozak. Yeah. David Perron again, huh? Meanwhile, both those guys are awesome. Yes. Now, in 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 Cardinals and Blues fans' defense. I don't think a Ryan O'Reilly trade is going to happen, but what ah. I see happening, what I see happening, is exactly what you just said. Them signing like Waka because it's one of those they, yeah. they 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 need three guys. So let's get this guy. He's interested. Price is right. Let's bring him in. But Cardinals, there's going to be a lot of Cardinals fans that are going to say this is the big move. Yep, this is a big move. But I honestly feel like it's necessary for Mo to do this. I I don't think yeah. it's necessary for Mo to be the first. <laughs> first guy out of the gate to go and set the market with Aaron Nola or Blake Snell or whoever. Well, you can do both, right? You can. Well, you can, but I don't want to, I I don't think the Cardinals want to be the ones to set the market. I got you. I think the Cardinals like to sit back and watch the market get set on the high end guys Mm -hmm. while, you know, taking care of the mid tier guy. They know it's in this price range. It's not going to, it's not going to fluctuate that much for Michael Walker. Right. Right. But Aaron Nola might get an extra year at thirty-five million mm-hmm. that we weren't anticipating, or you know what I'm saying? Sure, Didn't do. they do that last offseason, and then they were shocked that the market was that's, so high? They that, did, but they didn't do any correct. dirty work before that, though. That's the thing. No, they did nothing. No, yeah. Then they nothing. just then they just said, "Ah, just give it all the Wills Contreras." Might as well said we give up. Yeah. <laughs> that's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Chief is going to join us next. We'll talk to the Blue State coach, Craig Berube. Our weekly chat with the Chief next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Time now for Chatting with the Chief with a coach of your St. Louis Blues, Craig Berube. Brought to you by Fisher Window and Door, your Marvin dealer with showrooms in Brentwood and East Alton, Illinois. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter, and let's head to the 101 ESPN Celebrity Line. We're joined by the head coach of your St. Louis Blues, Craig Berube. How you doing, Chief? Good, guys. How are you? We're, we're doing good, Chief. I know that a lot of people are waiting for us to talk hockey, and we'll certainly get to it. But uh, I am fully on the Ravens bandwagon with you, Chief. If you got room, I'm, I'm all in. I picked, I picked them, along with Jamie, to go uh, and represent the Super Bowl in the AFC. So I'm right there with all you right. with Lamar. Yeah, they're playing well. I like them, too. Uh, that's a pretty tough game this week against the Browns. Uh, Browns are a pretty good team defensively, so it'll be a tough battle. But uh, they've been playing good football all, uh, you know, all around, defensively and offensively. Darn right they have. Yeah, they have. Absolutely. Chief, what do you think? Do you think the offensive coordinator changed things around for Lamar? Unlock something for him? Um, well, obviously, I think it's just a different uh, – system that they're running this year than they normally do so obviously that's part of it i think you know just something a little different i think they're still a power football team they run the ball a lot but uh lamar seems to be uh 
you know, has, I don't know if it's more freedom or what. He just, he's finding guys more with his arm and using his arm a little bit more. Uh, different things in, in that aspect, I think, more than anything. But, you know, I'm not there. I don't really know exactly what's going on. No, you're spot on, though. Lamar has looked fantastic, especially in the passing game. Uh, Chief, uh, tough one last night. I, I thought that your your guys played very well in the first period. I thought they uh, they started fast, and you, you could have been very easily looking at a 2 nothing lead as opposed to a 2 nothing deficit. Uh, what did you see in the first period? And then after that, what, what went sideways for you guys? Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, our first period was excellent, too. I think that we came out with uh, – you know, a good mindset of uh, going to work and, and uh, being physical on the four check and just that hounding mentality. And we rolled through it. You know, we were going really well. And we got that penalty and we didn't kill it off. Uh, we had a missed coverage on that play and they scored. Um, and then, you know, we just kind of a wall battle on the second goal. We lose it and they scored again. But, you know, we got one back um, going into the second period. You know, I thought, you know, for me, I thought we we're going to come out and do the same things that we did in the first. Just, you know, make it a make it a three quarter ice game against these guys, and uh, really put the pressure on their defense like we did in the first period. But it was the other way around. I mean, uh, they they did that to us. I thought they they attacked us with uh, speed, and we turned pucks over in our own zone. Uh, never really had any clean outs. Never had weren't clean through the neutral zone and. You know, when you're not clean in those areas, you, you spend too much time in your own zone. Uh, even though we had some good looks in the second where we could have scored, maybe tied it up, but uh, that wasn't the case. But for me, uh, we just, you know, we didn't, we didn't get that momentum back that we had in the first period. Hey, Chief, how hard is it, or better yet, as a coaching staff, how do you handle players that might be frustrated? Because, you know, Pavel Buchnevich, he's had some really good opportunities here recently. And, look, I love Bucci as a player. He brings so much to the ice every every single game. But you can see the frustration in his face. And, you know, just telling him to you know score more or do better is not going to cut it. So how do you guys handle that as a coaching staff to keep him yeah, going because he does things yeah. so well? Yeah. And I think it's a, it's a, you know, part of the process is like, you know, you talk about some of the chances he had and, and uh, he could have finished on them. That makes the world a difference, obviously. But, um, you know, his work ethic right, for me, and I've talked about it before, has been very good and noticeable, you know, on our team this year. I think, again, last night, you know, his work ethic and his tenacity on the forecheck and the hounding mentality he's having, He's he's playing good hockey, in my opinion. I know he's not producing like he he wants to, or we need him to. We need we need him to produce, but you know it's not from a lack of effort, um, and it's not from a lack of chances. Um, I think you know you, for me talking to him today, he's got to stick with the process and and keep doing what he's doing. And yes, there is things that you know as a whole with our whole team that we can still do better offensively. And that's some of the things we talked about where we can get a little bit more, um, you know, ice and freedom out there to create more looks and more scoring opportunities. So I think those are the types of things that, you, you know, as you know, when a guy's frustrated, you, you, that's the stuff you talk about and you try to get him back on board. On the flip side, you got a guy in Robert Thomas that scored four goals in four straight games. 
It looks like he's choosing to shoot the puck first a little bit more. You know, what are you seeing in his game? Yeah, for sure. I think that's a big part of it is using his uh, wrist shot. You know, like I talked before about his wrist shot, it's it's really improved. You know, in the last year, I think um, it's a dangerous shot. Um, so he's been he's been using it for sure. And what he's doing is he's getting off the walls and getting inside the dots. If you look at all of his goals, he's getting off the walls, getting inside the dots, and uh, you know, giving himself some real good shooting angles. You know, coach, your your power play uh, look it, it's it's struggled. There's no secret to that. You guys got one goal this season, but I, I do feel like the looks have been getting a little bit better here in the last couple of games. You know, the Montreal game, you didn't get a power play. But, you know, what are you guys looking to do as far as an approach right now to keep the guys on board here? Well, what we did last night, I think that power play was a good example. We had two grade-A chances with empty nets that we didn't put it in. But if you look at that power play, you know, pucks are going right directly to the net. Um, and, and a lot of it was chaos. And off of the chaos, we had two great opportunities. Coach, uh, I'm not sure if you've announced it yet or not, but there's rumors swirling around that Scott Perunovic will play tomorrow night against Arizona. He was working with the second power play unit today at practice. You know, what are you looking to see from Scott Perunovic to let this guy, you know, to to have him become more regular in the lineup because he certainly has work to do. Well, one being defending responsible, like uh, defensively responsible for sure, and making sure that he's doing a good job in that, that area. Two, move the puck. Get it up to our forwards as quickly as possible. And that's, you know, he, he's going in not just because of the power play. I want, him to, I want him to get power play opportunities too. But that puck movement, getting it up to our forwards, you know, will decrease some of the frustration at times too that our forwards have. They want that puck quicker in their hands. Um, he's the type of player that can make those plays. Clean plays, you know, to our forwards where now they're having opportunities going the other way. Uh, Coach, you guys have the Coyotes tomorrow night, and of course the the Coyotes uh, gave you guys some trouble the last time you faced. This is a, an opportunity early on now to face the the same the same opponent. Um, do, you, do do you and your team you guys relish these these moments to to make some ch- some changes or some tweaks? Going against an opponent that again uh, gave you some issues two weeks ago. Yeah, for sure. And I, we did, obviously didn't play a good game um, with last time we played them. I think we all know that uh, the whole game was flat. wasn't a whole lot going on. You're, you're going to see a different game tomorrow night. Nice. Looking forward to that, Coach. Always uh, love chatting with you. We'll bring you back next week, and uh, looking forward to that too. Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys, for having me on, and uh, that's you know. Always enjoyable talking to you guys. Absolutely. Go Ravens. Thanks, Coach. Go Ravens. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking for a Go Ravens back. Oh, no, Anthony, come on. I think you talked over me, though. No, he's, he's done with you. No, he's not. He's completely done with you. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I don't blame him. I'm done with you. You're the next segment. You're off the, you're off the Ravens bandwagon. <laughs> I told you this yesterday. You're done. No, I don't deserve that. I never said anything you about abso- the Ravens. You absolutely deserve you that. You don't represent the Ravens. Yes, I do. If you do, they're in trouble. No. Really? What other team do you represent? How they doing? Well, he was on one team and then decided to just completely belly flop off that bandwagon. No, he didn't belly flop. I didn't. I got he- 
pushed he, off. He absolutely. You got kicked off yeah. with authority, like the movie Three Hundred. This yeah. is Detroit. Oh, and I kicked yeah. you right off yeah. the bandwagon. How'd you do against us a couple of weeks ago? Who's at us? At the bank. Who's us? Ravens. This guy's okay. got like five teams. Yeah. Oh, stop Who it. Has... This guy's got nine. That's not I've got fair. two. That's fair. I've got three. He's, yeah, he's got three right now. Yeah. He'll add one before the season's over one of them's not with. named the Falcons. Are you shocked that he's not a Raiders fan, given that Tom Brady is a part of the ownership group? Yes, but the Raiders aren't winning. At all, so mm, they have nothing know. interesting about the Raiders. Well, you know what? Nothing. They nothing. They used to like be animals and savages, and like you know, yeah. There's nothing, yeah. nothing <laughs> remotely interesting about mean? the Raiders they're at all. Cigars in their in their locker room <laughs> after one win. The only thing that's interesting is why a billionaire has a haircut like that. That is the only thing <laughs> that is interesting about the hey, Raiders. When you're a billionaire, you get whatever haircut you want. Yeah, but why that one? He wants it. He likes like, it. Are all his friends too scared to tell him you look like a of donkey? Yes. No way. I if I meet Mark Davis, if I meet him ever, I'm going to tell him that I think his haircut's a joke. I'm sure plenty of people have told him that. I don't think maybe they not have. friends, but you think he's walking on the sidelines and somebody didn't shout out, "Hey, nice haircut." Yeah, but I'm going to like I, I mean intimate setting, not like walking by him. I'm going to like sit there, hopefully shake his hand, talk, and then just going to be like, "Honestly, dude, seriously." Why the haircut? Mm-hmm. Like, why that one? Like, why? You could have any haircut you want. You I'm, could you could have any barber, any hairstylist, the, the, the yeah. richest one ever. And they give him that. Look at that. What do we do? It looks like a swim cap that was put on wrong. Matt. <laughs> hey, Marsh. Uh, I can't wait till he sits down with Mark Davis and yeah. then Jamie comes back with that exact haircut and he goes, you know, that guy made up. Made some pretty good points. Well, yeah. if he gives me a million dollars, I'll absolutely <laughs> yeah. cut my hair like there you that. Go. He looks I'll... like he lost a bet and forgot that he, <laughs> he already paid it off. How long is the punishment, Mark? Right. His entire he lost life. one time at fantasy football. He's stuck That's with that it. haircut forever. Yep. It's exactly right. What's trending is next like, in the why fast lane. Shave it. On 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's trending in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered. What's trending now? Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill to win a magical Polar Express staycation. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers, I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Guys, what is trending? 58 seconds ago, Jeremy Rutherford tweeted out at Anthony Stalter, at Jamie Rivers, that he's joining the Fast Lane at 5.15. Well, I guess he just oh, picks his own time now, huh, Jamie? Babe Ruth. He just calls his shot. Wow. <laughs> he's the Babe yeah, Ruth We've been this guy since, uh, for three th- since 3.30. We've been waiting for this guy. Unbelievable. That's yeah, sure, Jerry. Just come on. Presumptuous, to say the least. Looking forward to talking to our Blues Insider with the Athletic at uh, five fifteen. We talked to Jr. about the Metallica concert the other day. Yeah, you went. Did with, he go? He, he went with Jamie. right beside me and our really? friends. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, let Jr. describe a night beside Lefty, which is my buddy's name. I'm very interested. Lefty in Grove? No. <laughs> Lefty Grove. No. Jr. Uh, I think Jr. had a fun night. Well, good. Yeah, we'll lead with that. <laughs> All right, guys. 
St. Louis City SC head coach Bradley Carnell is the 2023 winner of the MAC Sports Personality of the Year. I saw that. How In about fact, that? I got my Diamond magazine from the Missouri Athletic Club, and his his face was all over that thing. Congratulations <laughs> to Bradley Carnell. Yeah, it must be great. Have a good regular season. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Jamie. Oh, come on. If it was the Cardinals, people would be losing it right now. It was a great regular season. But we just we don't we don't care about that. We no, just, oh, it's yeah. just, you know. No, Jamie's absolutely right. We gotta get this thing done next next year. Yeah. Okay. Congratulations. But uh let's go. Let's build off of this. Okay. We're gonna hold everybody else accountable here in St. Louis. We also have to hold the soccer team accountable. So congratulations for a, just an epic regular season this year. But we want ch- we want chips. Yeah, right? we do. Fire up chips too. Oh, they lost last night. Oh, uh, went to Western. That's not. Uh. Did they play? He uh, lost that game, and you were like, they oh, lost to the Broncos. Fire up chips. Fire up chips. You're like doing the whole dance and everything. It's embarrassing now. Hmm. You know what, Jamie? What? I've had enough of your crap. Okay. All right. You want to crush some of my other dog bleep teams? That's fine. But when Central loses to Western in Central Western yeah. Week. It touches a little too close to home for me. Listen, all right, I don't know where it touches you, but right you, in the feels. You were all over that game. Yeah, I'm like, who would you take in that game? Oh, chips. Yeah, Central Michigan. He was like, like it was a lot. Yeah. Well, what am I gonna say? Western? No, but you could have paused. Not a filthy Bronco. You didn't have to say anything about mm. that. You could have paused, give a little thought, and thought to yourself because you know the Anthony Stalter I know mm. likes to like thoroughly go over the possibilities. Don't the you gaslight me? I'm not gaslighting you. I'm being. I'm ca- trying to compliment you, quite honestly. But if you don't like that, then fine. When have you ever complimented me? I compliment you all the time, Anthony. Without a crab sandwich mixed in, uh, Marsh, you've heard it like a couple yeah. times. It's been a few. Yeah. Here and there. All the time. Uh-huh. Go on. Yeah. It's not your fault you can't remember nice things. I hit my head a couple times. Yeah, and you hit your head yesterday when you were firing up chips like nobody's business. And then you led me. I almost put money on this game. I was like hustling to the ill side trying to get money on the game because mm. Anthony was firing up chips. Mm-hmm. And then they get the brakes beat off them no, by the didn't. Broncos. <laughs> Fire up this, is what they were saying. They were winning in the third quarter. <laughs> so they blew it. <laughs> kind oh, of. They were a awesome. third quarter. They're a three-quarters team. They were awesome. You know what? It all, it's all okay. coming to me now, all Anthony. Right. There's a common denominator yeah. here. They were down 14 nothing, and then uh, 21-7. They actually came back. I feel bad for Ravens fans. No, seriously. I Don't. might jump off. No. <laughs> Chief. Well, you're not. Don't let them no. on. Uh, speaking of the NFL, I feel like there's something new coming out about Josh McDaniels every single day. Now, I'm not too sure if this is one of those Jamie reports where it could or could not be real. <laughs> Most likely not real. But like this, your is, tone, this is from former Denver tight end Nathan Sirius. Uh, that's, that's his Twitter name, Nate Jackson. He has 7.2 thousand followers and the author of Slow Getting Up. Fastest swimmer in, in the history of the NFL, so he got, okay. has a little bit of credibility. 
What did Fast he say? A swimmer. What are we going to get? Is he, he, like, he, said. he likes Apple Jacks in the morning. And Rumor has it, this is according to, to, to this Nate fella, that Josh McDaniels traded Peyton Hillis when he, when he was with the Broncos because McDaniels thought his wife was attracted to Hillis. So he eliminated a threat, potential threat. Doesn't he not know that she can still travel? <laughs> like, if she wants to, she will. That's just the bottom line. Josh McDaniels is... I don't um, believe that. There's no way. This is another quote that is attached to this tweet. After trading Cutler, Josh uh, addressed the entire team and said, Fellas, don't worry about the quarterback situation. I can turn a high school quarterback into an all-pro. <laughs> okay. Um, you haven't succeeded outside of New England when you had Tom Brady. Did he really turn him into anything? Tom Brady was no. pretty good going into the NFL. That's like correct. I know he wasn't a high pick, but he was still a pretty adequate quarterback playing Division One at the University of Michigan. Right. And when did? But McDaniel's McDaniel's didn't get to New England until well after Brady was established. That's too. too. So, granted, this is all alleged. This yeah. is from this from this Nate tight end fastest swimmer, swimmer guy. guy. Yeah. Uh, so, but he. Uh, he seems pretty credible. So, right. Dan, yeah. let me ask you this, guys: is, is there a story that comes out about Josh McDaniels that that doesn't like? I could see it. You know, that doesn't make you I, feel. You know what? I could see that. I mean the the fortune cookie one was pretty. That was, was pretty outlandish. <laughs> but you Dan you gave it a little yeah. bit of. You get like ah, uh, I could see it. Well, I mean, I, it'd be pretty funny if it happened. Right. But yeah, I don't know. I, I who you, you never you can't trust anybody these days. No, Jamie, do you hear that? Don't be going on Twitter and trusting every everybody these days. Okay, ah, it's a very trustworthy uh, website, no. especially now that they eliminated like blue check marks for credible people. Mm-hmm. It's great. Oh, well, yep. everyone can have a blue check yeah. mark now. Everybody, yep. your money's good here. Mm-hmm. All right, it's Fastlane on one on one ESPN. Uh, according to our guy Jeremy Rutherford, he will be joining us next. In the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. News, notes, and nuggets. It's time for the Rutherford Report with our Blues Insider, Jeremy Rutherford. Brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite Contractor. Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Seltzer. Let's head to our celebrity line. Our 101 ESPN celebrity line. We're joined by Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter at JP Rutherford. What's up, JR? 
I was just being a little high maintenance today for you guys. A little bit of a, yeah, no kidding. I I had an easier time dealing with Mariah Carey. I mean, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) A couple stories, a little juggling act today trying to get things done. But how are you guys doing? I I heard the uh, chief interview. I'll just repeat what he said, eh? (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Not a bad start. But actually, we we wanted to ask you, so uh, Jamie mentioned that you guys attended the Metallica concert on Sunday. How'd that go? (laughs) It was a little... It was a little smushed, let's say that. (laughs) (laughs) Jamie brought a friend Uh, that was uh, a large individual, he says. Yeah, and and, uh, well, you guys wouldn't know, you're not big guys, but when you walk down the uh, aisle that you're seated at, and you kind of, okay, there's my seat there, and you see (laughs) Jamie's buddy who's like, Seven foot two and three hundred thirty pounds chiseled. It's like okay, let's see how this goes. <laughs> Funniest part was uh, Lefty is his nickname. And Lefty and I were sitting side by side, and my girlfriend was on the outside, and his wife was on the outside, and then I we were like smushed in, and so I said, "Well, hang on." I go, "Let's put the girls in the middle, and we'll sit. We'll be the bookends." Mm-hmm. I didn't know that Jr. was going to come marching down the aisle <laughs> after sit next to Lefty. So they were they were sandwiched in there and you know, hey. jamming away. It's a listen. If you're going to go see a Metallica concert, you want it in an intimate setting, and you got that, J- <laughs> Jr. Nice job. We got it. Yep. We got it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Lefty and I became quick buddies there. <laughs> I bet. Uh, so last night. Uh, last night, unfortunate because you didn't build the momentum that you had uh, from the previous two games, Jr. When you look, are you concerned as just a you know a report, even just from a reporter standpoint, are you concerned about the offense, the the, the lack of explosiveness offensively? Yeah, I think so. Even though they scored what the ten goals with what three empty netters, so seven goals in the two games, mm-hmm. uh, you know that that was great to see finally. Uh, but I think you still have to have a little reservation and 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 what we've seen uh i think you look at robert thomas gosh wrote about it the other day chief just talked about it he's really shooting the puck it looks great but i think what does he have one primary assist i mean that's the guy that you have to have set up people and i'm not putting that on robert thomas there's guys at the other end of those passes that that have to finish we saw a couple of those not get finished last night uh scuffling for a while there kairu shen were scuffling and and so I think, yeah, I mean, we have not seen the explosiveness of the offense that we know can be there at times. Not all the time, but sometimes. JR, when you watch guys like Pavel Buchnevich and the, you know, the struggles that he's having right now, you know, what do you see in, in his game? Yeah, I just feel like his overall game is so great that, you know, he's going to score 30 goals, I think, most years. Uh, but he does so many other things that, like Chief said, you, you like his game and you like the way he's playing, but he has to be one of those guys that finishes. And so for last night, for you know his chance not to go in and him to come out and say that uh, you know I'm playing bad all year, I mean, that's who he is. He's honest. Uh, I think he'll get there. I mean, it, yeah, it is an eighth of the season here when you talk about Pavel Buchnevich not doing much offensively. Uh, but it's just the track records there. And, you know, like Doug Armstrong and Craig Ruby usually say, the numbers will be there at the end of the year. He'll get there. Uh, but I think that right now he's just – he looks like he lacks confidence. He looks like he doesn't feel like he's going to get the job done. On the flip side of that, you got Robert Thomas. Robert Thomas looks like he's he's a confident player again. Uh, when you look at Robert Thomas, the first eight games, though, uh, Jr., it was it just simply a lack of confidence? Or you think something else was going on? 
I just think the first eight games, everybody was kind of in the same boat where, you know, they were back playing the defensive system, trying to figure that out, trying to make sure that they're in the lanes blocking shots. And then offense was kind of an afterthought. I know Craig Bruby kind of disagreed with that, but even when they did get the puck into the offensive zone, you know, the passes weren't anywhere close. Uh, a lot of missed shots, and, and we don't even need to bring up the power play scuffling, but that's kind of part of the offensive woes. But now what you see in Robert Thomas, I think he's been one of the better ones here lately, obviously the four-game goal streak, is that he's shooting the puck. And that's what I wrote about the other night is when I sat down to write that story and you think about what goes in the first paragraph and uh, you think that, wait a minute, the, the Robert Thomas that I would have seen in the past few years, he would have brought that puck into the zone, he would have skated in circles, he would have cycled it, which is great, but sometimes you just got to get to the net and shoot the puck. And I think that's what he's doing. He, he looks great when he's got the puck and he's got a shooting lane now. We couldn't always say that about him. I think, like Chief said, the wrist shot just looks great. Some work with Adam Oates this past offseason. Talked to Thomas about that the other day. Looks like it's paid huge dividends. JR, it looks like Scott Perunovich is going to work his way back into the lineup against the Coyotes. Uh, for you personally, um, just watching the game, what do you want to see from Scott Perunovich? Yeah, I think uh, it's tough for him. I think I looked it up. So his last game before the Calgary game would have been over a year ago. You're looking at, I think it was January 15, 2022, before he played the other night in Calgary. Then he goes out and he just plays nine minutes against Calgary, plays a little bit against Vancouver. I think it was 13 minutes, and then he's back out of the lineup. I just think he needs to be on the ice. Like, he can't – Riv, you know how it is – you can't be out on the ice thinking, okay, first mistake, I'll be healthy scratch tomorrow night. You know, you've seen they've worked with Tucker, Tyler Tucker, and worked through some of his mistakes. And I think that Scott Brinovich talking to him today, he just wants to be out there. He just wants to get a stretch of games, and he feels like he could solidify a spot. So what I want to see is kind of what Chief told you, is he's got to play good defense. That's first and foremost. If you're not, they got enough depth, you're going to be out of the lineup. And he's got to move the puck. But I think – once he gets out there and he gets some ice time in a situation where there's only six defensemen, remember the two games he played, 7D. You're going to go to six tomorrow night against Arizona, and, you know, he could play 13 minutes or 15 minutes, uh, so on and so forth. So I think the two things Chief said, uh, playing good defense and, and, and Riv moving the puck when he gets a chance and doing a good job with that second power play. Gosh, if he took over that second power play, could you see him move up to the first power play, or it'd be hard to take him out of the lineup, I think. Jeremy Rutherford joins us right now on the fast lane on 101 at ESPN. Uh, Jared, what do you think the immediate and long term, and long term, I just mean, you know, a couple of months, what do you think the immediate long term future is of Jacob Verana? Yeah, it's it's tough. I think if if the Blues had their druthers, I think they're probably going to move on from him in the offseason. You know, if he's got any sort of numbers, maybe you could deal him at the trade deadline, but I just don't know that he would fetch enough, you know, fetch anything if we're looking at the Jacob Brown that we're looking at right now. Uh, but I think this offseason he's an unrestricted free agent. Unless things turn around drastically, I just don't think he's the type of player that fits what this team's trying to do. So uh, things can change, but not from what I see right now. JR, you said you've been scrambling around all day working on things and updating things. You got any scoop for us? What are you working on? Little scoops? Uh, no, not too much here. Uh, biggest story of the last 24 hours I talked to the chief medical officer for uh, USA Hockey, and uh, there's a lot of conversation about whether they should mandate require the neck laceration protector 
Uh, right now, they just recommend it. And Riv, you know, like I go to the rink every day, my 10-year-old son plays, and people are wondering, you know, why don't they mandate this thing? And th- there's a lot of reasons why uh, we could touch on it briefly here is that they don't feel like the product that's out there is adequate enough. So they want to get a HEC approved, which is a hockey equipment certification council, get that thing approved uh, so that they can put a, a, a product on the market that when they mandate it, they feel like it's actually going to be worthwhile protection and they don't have that right now. So kind of a non-blue story, uh, but that's something that I've been working on the past uh, 24 hours or so. Jared, good stuff, man. Glad we had an opportunity to catch up with you. We'll do so again next week. Have a good rest of your week. Yep, sounds good, guys. Thanks. Uh, thank you. That's Jeremy Rutherford here in the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Again, at JP Rutherford is where you can follow him on Twitter. And, of course, he's got uh, fantastic looks at the Blues, different angles and things like that at The Athletic. We have our Sports 6 back next, 314-399-9646. That's the Air Comfort Service tax line. So if you've got a question for Jamie or I, great, send it in, and we'll answer it in our Sports 6 back next in the Fastlane. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's. Your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Time for the Sports Six Pack. The Air Comfort Service tax line is 314-399-9646. What do you got, Marsh? Question number one. All right, this is an interesting one. From the 314, would you rather have a baseball team that wins a championship every 20 to 25 years or no team at all? Interesting. I'd rather have the team that wins every 20 to 25 years yeah. than no no baseball team at all. Yeah. I wonder if this texture is trying to like make a point. Uh, yeah, people. maybe. You know? <laughs> Interesting. I could see I could see where they're going. If that's if that's yeah, that's the route. Yeah, no, give me that baseball team. Hmm. Give me that ball team, Jamie. Yes. Question two, please. Question number two. From the 314, could you see Mo pulling off a special trade to get Juan Soto on the cheap since San Diego will be desperate? You know, say what you want about Mo, but he has struck while the iron was hot. He did it with Paul Goldschmidt. He did it with Nolan Arenado. And I realize that some Cardinals fans want to give him absolutely no credit for those because those are quote-unquote layups. But if that's the case, every team, every team could have had him. There's other teams that could have had him. You think that the Yankees or uh, the Giants or the Red Sox weren't interested in those two guys? Of course they were. Or the Dodgers, for that matter? Yeah. Mo made the deal. Mo made the deal, gave up nothing in both trades. So I, yeah, I could see, I could see him doing that. Now, when it comes to Juan Soto, no, I don't, I don't think Juan Soto makes a lot of sense. I think if you get Juan Soto, then you're not going to get pitching. Right. <laughs> Makes a lot so of money run it guy. back from last year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Question number three. This one, this one could go in all types of different directions. Oh, we don't even have enough time to really dive into this question, but we're going to try to from a 314. My girlfriend of four years broke up with me two and a half months ago. At what point is it acceptable to quote unquote get back out there? Okay, hang on. Read it again. 
Girlfriend of four years okay. broke up with me two and a half months ago. Yeah. At what point is it acceptable to get back out there? Two, two and, and a half, half months, months ago. ago. Absolutely. Bro, are you kidding me? The first one's a revenge one. You go right out <laughs> next day. Yep. And you call one of her friends. Preferably one of her friends. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. 100%. One yes. that's been flirting with you a little oh, bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you send a message right away. That's what you do. And you post that sucker to your socials. You don't want me? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Geez. All right. That's fair. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for the time. You want to start a knife fight? I'm bringing a gun. Mm-hmm. All right? Wow. Yeah. Two and a, I, I'm completely with Jamie on this one. Two and a half months ago, you should have started. Immediately. Starts, yeah. It starts with a friend. So as work. soon as the door closed... Yeah. Yeah. Give so, me the phone. In terms mm-hmm. of, I'm swiping left and right all over the place. Yeah. yeah. You are. In terms of. <laughs> then you're going to ter- go yeah. out. That's right. In terms of what we're thinking, definitely two and a half months ago. Now, what about getting an- getting into another relationship? Nah, wait on that. The relationship will find you if it's worthwhile. I yeah. completely agree. Yeah. It's, it's a, a very f- similar situation to what happened to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. Wait, I waited like a full year and a half. Some floozy broke Marsh's heart. Some young filly. Yep. Didn't even didn't even expect it. No. But yeah, definitely uh these two are the the, the gentlemen that you want to be listening to. For your own mental to. health, get out and just start talking to other people. Don't sit there and wallow. No, yeah. Honestly, that's the worst thing you can possibly do. Right. Get out with some buddies, get a boys night out and uh, I tell you what, I always say if you build it, they will come, right? Mm-hmm. You get out, you're having fun with your buddies, you're having a good time, the party's happening. Hey, why are those guys so fun? What's going on over there? Hey, mm-hmm. you're kind of cute. All of a sudden, you're back in the pond, baby. Right. Swimming. Here's the other thing, too, man. I, you might be thinking to yourself, oh, it's me. You know, she doesn't She doesn't want me. Nobody else wants me. Your self-esteem took a hit, right? Your For ego sure. took a hit. Your pride took a hit. Okay, fair. That's all, fine. It's on her. She didn't like something about her. Not about you. Absolutely. So, like Jamie said, rally rally the boys. Yep. Find one of her friends. It's yeah. go time. What if her friends suck, Make Anthony? her breakfast. Well, that's preferable. <laughs> <laughs> you prefer her friends It's a morning to... date, Anthony. That's all. Let's just move on. That's probably smart. <laughs> Question number four. Uh, let's get back to some sports. From the 636. Uh, why? Why, why I thought it was our best. I thought it was our best. Was I thought it was good advice. It man. was yeah. pretty good advice. I mean, if I was in that spot, I'd listen to you guys for sure. No doubt, you should. And sure. I, I feel like I have before. You have, Andrew. You've been yeah, very good listener. Here, here I am. I'm, I'm thriving. 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 <laughs> the great relationship. Yeah. Fun job. Say thirty and thriving, but <laughs> I'm not quite lots yet. Lots of friends. Bachelor yeah. parties at the Blues games. Look at our guy go. Oh, my exactly. gosh. Look at that little crayon time. eater. Watch a full 60. <laughs> you crayon eater? What? Is that what you said? I don't know. What, what do we got? Anyways, question four. Uh, why can't Scott Prunovich be transferred to a forward? A la well, Jake Wallman. Yeah, yeah. A la Jamie Rivers. There you go, baby. That's oh, it. There we yeah. go. Um, so he could, like... Short term, you could have him play a couple of games as a forward, but ultimately that's not the end game for a guy. When you're drafted in a position uh, as a defenseman, you know, most of the time, especially as a skilled player, it's more difficult. Through the course of time, there have been guys that were defensemen and drafted to the NHL and turned into forwards, but they're usually more physical presence out there. I just don't see it being beneficial for Scott Perunovic to be turned into a forward. It's a different game. 
I can tell you from experience playing both positions at the NHL level, as a defenseman, you have the luxury or the task of looking up the ice at everything as it evolves. And offensively, you're getting the puck from a different area. As a forward, you're getting a puck in the middle of the hurricane. Like there's people all around you and you've got to make some decisions quickly. Um, Whether the puck's coming around the boards, you're not used to pulling it off the boards while a defenseman's crashing down on you. There's a lot of mistakes that you can make that can end up being costly. It might actually even be worse for his confidence. So that's why I'd steer clear of that. By the way, we're we're just getting more text messages about this uh, this dating. Oh, they need advice. more relationship yeah, advice. No problem. Keep, Let's uh, go. Bring it up. Four, who who actually sent in the the original post said thanks, fellas. That brought a smile to my face. Good. There you go. Now get back great. out there. Um, uh, Moose here says that recently a friend of his took a trip up to Chicago to, you know, just have let fun, loose. let loose. Yeah. Would you recommend maybe getting out of town yeah. as, as a single but, fella? Uh, hmm. But, hold on, you make it a guy's trip, like Jamie said. Yeah, you make yes. it a guy's trip. Oh, get the boys. No. It's got to be with, like, buddies that are fun. Not not the crazy guys. You don't want yeah, you don't right. want buddy that you're going to have to babysit because no, he's had call. so much sure. to drink. Yep. And then nobody wants to be around that party. Yeah. They're always like, something bad's going to happen good over call. there. You want the fun guys who can pace themselves mm-hmm. through the night, uh, get a little bit of a buzz on, be responsible, respectful. Yeah. Maybe they, they like music. They're not afraid to yuck it up, dance funny. Like, you want this kind of stuff to happen so that people are like, oh, those look like, that's a fun crowd. Mm-hmm. And then you, 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 they, they come on in, you buy you them a drink, it. and then that's it. Yep. I feel like I feel like women are attracted to guys that don't take themselves too seriously. 100%, Marcia. Sure. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, you, you get two be. guys that look identical. I mean, mm-hmm. like identical, and you got one guy that's kind of stuck up and serious mm-hmm. or whatever, or super smart, you know, non-funny guy. Yeah, like or, synthesizing. Or, or you've got the guy that is self-deprecating, makes Smiling. fun of himself, dances funny, yucks it up a little bit, mm-hmm. makes you laugh. Tell you what, you make a girl laugh, and that's a game changer, man. They like to have fun. They like guys that do that. They do. I know. You see my they're girlfriend? Human, they're human Question beings. I should bother her. <laughs> <laughs> I make her laugh. Uh, from, Sometimes we don't even mean to. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. From the 314, will Mizzou beat Tennessee? Tennessee. I'm going to dive into that matchup more tomorrow. I think it's a fascinating matchup. I don't think. I don't think Mizzou. I don't think Mizzou should be a one and a half point dog in that game. I think they're being disrespected. Ooh. But I also want to take a little a closer look at the, the matchup. Oh, so it's not just fire up chips like yeah yesterday. I listen, Jamie. Yeah, I want to take a closer look, he says, Marshy. Yesterday it was fire up chips. Of course. Mm. I had already looked at the matchup. Oh, I knew yeah. Western's defense. Right. You knew who they were playing. That's I it. knew their defensive line was going to be a bit of a problem. What I didn't see is their offense coming alive yeah. like they did. I should have, because CMU, not a good tackling team. Not a lot of team speed. Was I blinded by the Golden Maroon? Sure. Probably, yeah. But it's Central Western weekend. Uh-huh. Week. Used to be a weekend, then they moved it to Tuesday. <laughs> they couldn't handle the weekend. Couldn't handle the weekend. <laughs> yep. But I look forward to talking about the Mizzou-Tennessee matchup the next two days. Question number six. All right. 
Final question here with all, and this is from the uh, the 636, with all of the commotion surrounding Michigan, do you believe Jim Harbaugh will end up in the NFL next season? Ooh, I could spicy. see that. He, he Yeah, but the NFL will carry the suspension, apparently. I, I, oh, really? I read something like that. To, if there's some kind of a coach's suspension, the NFL... They'll honor it? Yeah. Really? Uh, there's something attached to it, I swear. That's why they said that... that don't expect Jim Harbaugh to just jump hmm. to the NFL. He's going to try and fight all of this so, the best he can. Not like Pete Carroll. He's like, oh, they're coming for us. Uh, I'm out of here. Yeah, I think well, that was different violations. That certainly yeah. was. Yep. Yeah. Things that he wouldn't be uh, in trouble for nowadays with NIL. No. Hey, I got a quick quote here for you. What do you got? To clarify some things. Our guy John Denton talked to John Mosellock, and he asked Mo to give him some insight into their strategy. Okay. Quote, for us, our checklist is starter, starter, and then let's see what we look like. We have position players with that are talent and depth for us, so we also want to explore the trade market in case we weren't successful in the free agent market. All right. We'll dive into that a little bit more tomorrow, probably. Yeah. We do have John Fozalock. Yeah, who Fo, left us? Who left us a mic drop? So. Fo uh, left us a good one um, responding to all the critics. So we'll get to that. And we'll also get to what you missed and criticisms and compliments next in the Fast Lane. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. If you missed anything from today's show, including our conversation with Craig Berube, you can download the podcast at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 ESPN mobile app, all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Before we get to criticisms and compliments, we do have a mic drop from John Foe Salock, who decided to answer to the critics that he's been hearing over the last couple of days. So without further ado, John Foe Salock. So... There's been a lot of anger towards some of the, the comments that I, I used the other day. And you know, even yesterday, um, some anger directed towards the new Boston Pobo. Um, even though I thought what he said was, was very elegant, was very granular. And look, you know, Gersh tried to tell me not to send this in multiple times. And I told him to, to go back to his cage. I, I'll admit, um, a little triggered. Um, you know, everybody in St. Louis thinks that they're a GM, that they're a Pobo, and look, there's a couple differences between myself and and these people. First, I use big words. You guys can't understand those big <laughs> words. Um, second would be, you know, when my family takes a Christmas photo, there's an ocean in the background. The only water in your Christmas photos is the Arnold Water Tower. When you drop your credit card on on the floor, nothing happens. When I drop my credit card, it scratches the floor. So, you know, I think we're we're dealing with people that that should shut up and don't understand why getting Wade Miley is is better than Aaron Ola. <laughs> wow, that boy, he was triggered. I haven't seen John Fosalak uh, react that way. 
and there's been a lot of criticism levied at him. So kind of interesting to hear him talk about that. But I, I do think that we should explore why getting Wade Miley is uh, better than Aaron Nola. It's an interesting thought. Yeah, I mean, it's in play. Yeah. All right, good stuff, John. Thanks for sending a mic drop, and thank you for listening. You're always welcomed in the fast lane. You know mm-hmm. that. All right, March, what do we got for criticisms and compliments? Yeah, we got one from FedEx Brian. This one this one goes out to Anthony. Uh, thanks for showing Marsh the dark side. His disdain made him powerful and showed his true feelings for the cards. We will now call him Rant Drew. By the way, <laughs> by the way podcast listeners, which is all brought to you by Dobbs Tyron Auto Centers. It starts at 2.20 and goes about till 2.40. There you go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Marsh, the, the emotional Marsh came out talking about his Cardinals. Yeah. We it, saw that in the office, and I was worried we wouldn't see it during the show, but... Yeah. Rant, Rancher did show up. May have to come up with a different name. You know, I don't want to steal yours. No, I th- listen, it's I just think a different version. FedEx Brian, he nailed it there. Okay, yeah. okay. It's yeah. good stuff. And that was good stuff earlier. Absolutely. Um, from the 417, criticism has nothing to do with the show, but these damn grocery prices. Oh, they're terrible, aren't they? Even some of the, uh, the more economic <clears throat> grocery stores hiked up their prices. Jamie? Yeah. Let me tell you. What's the world coming to? A lot of kids. And uh, a lot of people that mm-hmm. eat in my house. Yeah. And uh, it's not fun. Sometimes you get to the cash register and you're like, whoo. Uh, it looks like you're not eating anymore. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, a lot of these Everybody's times. on a diet. I'm like, oh, I'm not doing too bad as I'm going through the grocery store. I get up, get up to the, the cash register there and it's like, that'll be 160. I'm like, what? I got three things. Mm-hmm. What happened here? <laughs> yeah, but there were three bottles of bourbon. Eh? Is that what <laughs> Come to think of so that's happened Jamie. to me okay. before, where I've I've gotten into like the twenty five items or less yeah yeah line and sitting there and it's like bloop, 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 bloop. it's like two hundred and twelve dollars like what what the, the? Then I forget that yeah, I grabbed a couple uh, bottles of booze too was uh, there like no this is uh, that was the last guy's cart yeah it wasn't me. I don't want to pay for his stuff <laughs> yeah, apparently it was me all right we appreciate everybody tuned in today. Uh, throughout the show we'll be back tomorrow from two to six jamie is on from two to four tomorrow carrie davis is going to join us he's pulling double duty tomorrow so we're looking forward to carrie joining us from two to six Uh, again jamie will be with us from two to four before he heads downtown for the blues and the coyotes we'll have the coverage for you starting at six o'clock for the pregame here on 101 espn your home of the blues the blues radio network we've got instant replay coming up right now for andrew marsh and jamie rivers i'm anthony stalter everybody have a great night again thanks for listening we'll see you tomorrow too see you you've been listening to the fast lane podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn